From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. And sometimes, I would say more than a couple of times during the year, because obviously different parts of the world, different time uh, zones and so on. And it's seven hours later in Ukraine. So a big surprise about a little over an hour ago and that is when the world discovered that president biden was making a surprise visit to ukraine no one saw that one coming well done good move hard to do dangerous area obviously sirens going off while the president either was or is still there it's a little sketchy whether he's still there i've been watching uh, quite a bit of it over the past hour plus. The president wearing a dark suit. I can't really tell if it's black. It may be black, but it's probably dark blue now that I see it in some sunlight. I think it's navy blue. And then he's wearing the royal blue and gold colors of Ukraine. All good stuff uh, from what I heard. Can't say a bad word about it. Great support and well done. The media, other than the couple that get to go and then they have to turn their cell phones in, everyone thought the president would be going to Warsaw, Poland. That's where Peter Ducey is at the moment. This will be interesting. I imagine we'll we'll have some good guests later today. I I think I told you this last week, but if I didn't, I'm sure I did on at least one or two occasions over the past couple of weeks. That we would be filling in today and tomorrow, and it's always the case. But I'm convinced that it is because we've never been in busier news cycles. But it seems as though every single time I fill in nationally, there's something very, very big that happens. And this is a big deal. I mean, the president making a surprise visit to a war zone where you have Russia bombing indiscriminately, I think it's a big deal. So it's seven hours later, so at about 5 o'clock this morning, thereabouts, I didn't commit to memory the exact time I found out about it, but I think it was around 5 o'clock. So that would be, right now, it is 10 after 6, 7 hours difference, would make it, what, one ten. PM. So this was about a little bit after 12 noon when the world became aware of this. So I'm sure we'll be covering it late uh, this morning and later today as well. But I've got nothing uh, but praise for it, proving that we really do call balls and strike uh, balls and strikes. You know, when you are a referee, an umpire, an official. I mean, that's you're trained to call balls and strikes. You know, sometimes think, oh, my God, all you say are negative things. Well, I didn't say anything negative about that. But I've got to say negative things about 
blowing up twelve-dollar balloons with four and five hundred thousand-dollar missiles. Got you. Got to cover that. And hopefully, we're going to try. I'm going to put a list in of people I'd like to talk to. I'd like to talk to Congressman Van Drew. We're checking his schedule now. I'd like to talk to Gordon Chang, who is just fantastic, the author of The Coming Collapse of China. The only thing is I'm not so sure anymore that there's any coming collapse. I mean, they are, they're going for it all. They absolutely positively want to be the world's lone superpower. They want to replace us. And I, I can't remember who I heard say it, but it was somebody very serious. Oh, it was Gordon Chang talking about, and I believed it, and I said it. Why do you think I've been calling? I haven't heard anyone in the media call it this. But I've been calling that China spy balloon a mapping exercise. Crossing over all these different sensitive military installations, Montana and elsewhere. And it went through the entire country. From Alaska and then right through the continental United States. What else were they doing? We're, of course, being lied to at every turn. Like they were able to disable it. Well, how? How were they able to disable it? What proof do we have of that? I believe China was mapping and they they were able to get everything they wanted is what I believe. And why did we let that sucker stay up there for all that time to go through the entire country? But then we start, because there's criticism, we start shooting down kids' balloons. That's what it turned into. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that this morning and later today as well. Uh, As I continue to report, the world has never been more provocative. Remember how they tell you, oh, the steady hand, 50-plus years of experience. We can't afford this Trump, he's going to get us into wars and things like that. Let's just please, let, let's please put that in the, uh, the, the trash can of history. That complete baloney. Look at Afghanistan. That would have never happened. Look at Russia, Ukraine. That never would have happened. North Korea firing more missiles their warning of turning the Pacific into, quote, a firing range. So they fired off two ballistic missiles off its east coast. The South Korean military has confirmed, as Kim Jong-un warned, although you notice we don't hear from Kim Jong-un. You don't see him. There's a lot of questions. What's going on with him, his health? He's not that old, but he seems to be in very poor health. So that's just two days after North Korea fired an intercontinental ballistic missile into the sea off of Japan's west coast. Now, we responded with joint air exercises with South Korea yesterday. But this is all a mess. And then, of course, and and this is what I really want to talk to Gordon Chang about if we can get him today. 
What did Antony Blinken go and meet with China about anything right now? And of course, that gave China the opportunity to come at us. I mean, they're, yeah, I'm telling you, it is the same thing as someone punching you in your face, cold cocking you, and then you get charged with breaking their hand, your face. This is how bad it's getting. China is scolding us about over-aggressively shooting down their whatever they call it. But they don't they don't cop to the fact that it is a spy balloon. Blinken confirmed. And that's what we do a lot of in this administration. They do a lot of blinking. I think that's pretty ironic that that that, that is this guy's name. Blinken says that China did not apologize for the balloon. Yeah, no crap. Really amazing. What are they even doing? They don't know what they're doing. Blinken also said the United States' main concern was the possibility that China would provide material support to Russia's war effort in Ukraine. Hey, look, they're with Ukraine. They're with um, Russia. We're with Ukraine. They're not going to be with us. They haven't figured it out yet. China's with Russia. That's the way, that is just the way that it is. So China is certainly going to be helping Russia. I have no doubt about it. And we'll find it out at some point, probably late and wrong. Open forum coming up. It is President's Day. Or if you're in the Atlantic City Public School System, you got your text message saying that you would be off today on Presence Day. That would be P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. I mean, they're used to giving presents to themselves, the leadership. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that when someone's typing, oops, Presence Day, and then weekend was spelled weekend. I mean, it's just a, a great communication from an educational delivery system. Check it out. And many of you have. It's been very well read over the weekend. Check it out on the app or at WPGtalkradio.com. Let's step aside for just a little bit. Bottom of the hour, I'll share with you three. I want to try to squeeze in four uh, for a reason. But we have a lot more than that. Articles that are up right now on the app and on the website. Here's our Fox News commentary. We'll be back. President Zelensky is talking right now. President Biden has spoken. Uh, And uh, if you're just waking up, the president of the United States, President Biden, made a surprise visit to Ukraine. I give it two thumbs up. Fox News commentary. Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman has checked himself into the hospital to receive treatment for clinical depression. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. 
It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. Things are going from bad to worse for new Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman. After suffering from a debilitating stroke in May of last year, he's been noticeably and unavoidably impaired, yet he managed to win his election against Republican challenger Dr. Oz. But even an electoral victory can't save off mental and physical problems. Late last week, Senator Fetterman checked himself into Walter Reed Medical Center to receive treatment for clinical depression. There is absolutely no shame in getting mental health help, and Fetterman admitting he needs it is a sign of strength, not weakness. However, the last thing this poor man should be doing right now is representing his state in the Senate. Politics should be his last priority, and the people of his state deserve someone who is up to serving in the role. We've glossed over this reality for too long, but this needs to be addressed. Thoughts and prayers to John Fetterman and his family. May he get the help he needs. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Lahren is Fearless at Outkick. Healthy Life. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Great one. 23 minutes past the hour. This is what I would have led with this morning had President Biden not uh, surprised everyone with his visit to Ukraine. And that is the um, the news over the weekend about President Carter. And he is he is a very good man. He was a very bad president, but but a very good man and had a great and obviously a very long because he was young as president and at 98 and he would be 99 in October. I forget exactly what day he was born on. But for some reason, I, I, I'm almost positive that he was born in October. And I don't know why I know that. Uh, but in any event, he's not going to make it to 99. That would be pretty impossible at this point because President Carter is beginning to receive home hospice care. And you know what that means. That means you've gone home to die, that you're not going to do any more medical intervention. And usually by the time we hear about someone beginning hospice care, it isn't usually that long. I mean, for some reason, and I don't know why, but he, look, this man, and I've said this many, many times, he beat brain cancer in 2015 he had a bunch of health scares in 2019. He went some surgery into some surgery uh, that I'm not qualified or I don't remember specifically. Uh, he had some kind of pressure on his brain. He, he went through that. I mean, unbelievable. For decades, he taught Sunday school at a Baptist church in Plains, Georgia. And I mean, really just, you know, the... Um, the habitat work that he did, a, an excellent former president that did a lot of beautiful work. And it was an amazing time, and only, only Ford's pardon of Nixon. Ford could have survived everything that was going on, but when he pardoned Nixon, and I think it was the right thing for him to do, today we wouldn't see that. Because it's, it's a much 
filthier, meaner, just terrible, terrible time. I feel so bad that our children and our grandchildren and just and beyond, they will never, ever experience the America that we knew. Politicians have gotten away with so many dirty things. It's a shame. It really is. And they've changed, and it's all changed the entire fabric. I think anybody that's 55 and older knew a time, and maybe even 50, but knew a time when you could actually leave the doors of your home open. We did. When I was a child growing up, Front door open, back door open, ground floor windows open. When I had my first car, I left my car open and even left my wallet in the car oftentimes. Nobody stole anything. You didn't have to worry about anything. Today, people walk around trying to figure out if the doors are open. They'll take the handle and see if they can open the door. And they don't care. Smash and grab. Doesn't have to be open. But it was just such a better time in so many ways. Let me get this um, birth date out of my head. Uh, We'll just end this once and for all. Siri, when is President Jimmy Carter's birthday? Jimmy Carter was born October 1st, 1924 and is 98 years old. Thank you. October 1st. October was right. Barely. Whew. I said October with confidence. October 1st. So it's February now. So it's just he's not going to make it to 99. But what a life when you think about it. He left the presidency on January 20th, 1981. And has lived, what, what is that, uh, 40, 42 years? 42 years after leaving the presidency. And we look, we've had people that have lived very long, even long ago. Thomas Jefferson lived to be 90. John Adams lived to be 90. George H.W. Bush lived to be 94. We've, we've definitely had longevity in some. No one, though, to age 98. I mentioned, I think I mentioned the uh, Habitat work that President Carter has done. Habitat for Humanity, I think, is the, the formal organization. And you would see him out there in his 90s pounding nails and helping to build homes. Real deal. I mean, I don't say this like how the Democrats do it when someone dies. You know, if it's some terrorist, it's an austere religious scholar. And if it's a um, a conservative of any kind, then you are written about in some horrific way. I, I try not to uh, to do that at the, at the time of someone's passing. But you have to you have to admit. I mean, abject failure as a president, but significant success in the post-presidential years. Much better ex-president than, than 
when he was president. 30 minutes past the hour. Let's have a little bit of fun telling you some of the things that you can follow right now on the app and on the website. It's early in the morning. President's Day. Yes, we're here. I'm looking around and not anything here at Town Square. We've got a lot of our people here. Joe Kelly's here and a lot of our people are in on President's Day. Uh, But you watch. It's going to be fill in all over the place, including your boy right here filling in today and tomorrow for Fox News Radio nationally filling in 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. for Guy Benson. Looking forward to it. My goodness, so many issues to cover. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 30 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley, three stories you can follow. I'm going to try to squeeze in a fourth. New Jersey prisoners illegally possessing cell phones. We tell you about that and how that's changed over the years and why. Atlantic City Public Schools, you crack me up. Text message sent out to all staff about Presence Day, as in Christmas presents. Presence Day. Atlantic City's million-dollar peer working the cat rack in 1974. I know all about that. And also an update about your county executive, Dennis Levinson. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Trending pretty warm for your President's Day and pretty dry, too. You'll find lots of clouds with some afternoon breaks of sun. High temperature this afternoon, 61 degrees. Spotty to scattered rain showers are possible tonight. Fog may develop as well, low 42. Showers through midday tomorrow, then partly sunny and breezy, high of 56. will cool off to 45 on Wednesday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. If you have a early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 36 minutes past the hour. Very sad. It seems as though, but I guess it's always the case because people die every day. So... I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but it sure does seem, and I've been sharing this with uh, two very good friends of mine, that a lot of people have been dying that just have been around all our lives. Richard Belzer, stand-up comic, TV detective, gone at 78. He's gone. Tom Sizemore didn't die, but I'll tell you what, I don't know. It's not looking good. He's in critical condition after suffering a brain aneurysm, uh, when we learned about this on Sunday, it occurred at around 2 a.m. Saturday at his home in Los Angeles. So he's hospitalized. Uh, I, I like a lot of movies that Tom Sizemore has been in. Saving Private Ryan. He was in the movie Heat. Black Hawk Down. Uh, many, many more. Has a history of issues drugs and different run-ins with law enforcement and such. Um, but that's that's the latest with Tom Sizemore. Also uh, in the um, sad news category, United States Senator John Fetterman, Democrat Pennsylvania, is expected to face weeks in the hospital to receive treatment for clinical depression. And, and I just... I want to be delicate about this because I really don't believe in kicking somebody when they're down. But this, you know, my position 
on John Fetterman. This was Joe Biden-like, should never, ever. How, how the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania could have the choice of Dr. Mehmet Oz and John Fetterman, who can't even understand when you speak to him. He does not have the cognitive ability. You could say, hello, John, how are you today? And he doesn't, and it's not his fault. He's damaged. He had a stroke, and strokes do different things. This, his stroke affected his ability to comprehend what you are saying. Yet, because a different part of the brain, and the brain is an amazing thing, he should have been, I'm telling you, he should have been in hyper-focused just rehab, getting well, because everything I've read about what he went through, the, the greatest gain you have is in the period of time in the beginning. And he was too busy running for the, for the United States Senate. And just this was just all wrong. Democrats should be ashamed of themselves. And, and it comes off as harsh, but his wife should be ashamed. Joe Biden's wife should be ashamed. They know. Believe me when I tell you. We, we know sort of what we think we know and what, what our lying eyes and ears see and hear, but they know. Fetterman is still recovering from his stroke. And now he is seeking treatment for clinical depression, which I'm glad he is. A lot of people don't. So they say that doctors are trying different medications, but that it requires time to identify the correct dosage. And they're saying that an extended absence from the Senate would not be unprecedented. So there you have it. But this is what, I mean, not even two months. What are we talking about? Not even, not even one month because it's not even a month as of today. Tomorrow will be a month or thereabouts. And then this. A senior aide to Fetterman says it's been difficult to distinguish the stroke from the depression saying it's hard to tell if Fetterman is not hearing you or is he sort of crippled by his depression and social anxiety. This is his senior aide talking. The aide also says this hasn't compromised his ability to do the job going forward and that he will be back to work once he takes care of his mental health. You see how they say that kind of stuff? How can you say that? It's not affecting. He can't. You you can't talk to him. And there's all these other issues. But they're so sure, though, these non-doctors are so sure that it won't affect his job one bit. You know, we, we don't even get. Remember, with John McCain and all these other people, we, they want a thousand pages. And then they say it's not even enough of McCain's health records. Joe Biden hasn't even had a physical 
since 2021. And he has this other one, sketchy and late. And the doctor just writes, oh, for an 80-year-old, he's in perfect shape and v- vigorous. And, I mean, come on. What the hell's going on around here? Really amazing. When we come back, I'm going to tell you where a U.S. official says that the Chinese spy balloon was really aimed for, but that it was blown off course. Kind of like uh, Professor Marvel, the, the Wizard of Oz, when the balloon got blown off course. Sure. Sure it did. It got so blown off course it traveled through the entire country. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, so here's the story. Uh, First, it's 48 minutes past the hour. It's President's Day, and I think I'm speaking to many people who are off today, whether you be retired or, in fact, just enjoying the day off uh, with either your collective bargaining agreement or your company's uh, policy in, in involving major holidays. I think most people are off today, schools and government and so on, uh, and many, many uh, business uh, organizations as well, companies. So the Chinese spy balloon that was shot down after it crossed the entire continental United States. See, that was blowing my mind in real time. And if you were around, you know I was saying that on a daily basis. How are we allowing this to, to, to happen when it was going on? And then they shoot it down at the end. They just have never explained that. They said that because it, it could come down and hit people or something. Well, what about the other stuff they shot out of the sky? So the supposedly, now this is a United States spokesperson saying this that it was aimed for Hawaii but was blown off course by prevailing winds I don't have much to say about that I don't, I don't just don't believe it maybe it was maybe it wasn't but the thing went all the way across the country that much we do know And they wanted to get this out for some reason, but they spoke only anonymously. We know it's a surveillance balloon. Why would we let it do what it did? And then they tell us late and wrong that they were able to disable it. Well, how did you do that? They don't have to tell us anything. Remember when they then told us we shot all these other things down, but we're probably not going to be able to tell anybody what they are? Everything's secret squirrel. I mean, it's unbelievable. The most transparent administration in American history uh, in terms of promises made has turned out to be exactly the opposite of transparent. Not even close. A couple of sports things that I'm going to comment on. The Genesis Invitational. All I wanted to see Tiger Woods do was go under par for four rounds. And he did it. Barely one under. And I got to say, for the amount of time that he's been out, not bad. His first round, 69, very good, two under. Then he then he had, you know, a blip, 
and he was uh, 74, which I think is like three over. Then he has his best round in, in a couple of years at least, 67. And then yesterday, five uh, bogeys, some birdies to offset, and wound up being, I believe, two over par for the round. But with a score of 283 over four rounds, one under for the tournament, which I think is pretty good, actually, uh, considering all things. And this second item, I didn't watch it. Don't know if you did. I like I like the idea of racetrack, you know, of, of auto racing. And I know the Daytona 500 is a big deal. But I can't watch 500 laps. I could turn it on easily and I forgot about it. I knew earlier in the day it was going to be taking place yesterday. I can watch the end. But I'll tell you what I also don't like about auto racing now. It comes down to the very end. That's not, you know, that's not earth shattering. I mean, I don't want to see somebody way out in front for 500 laps either. Uh, and and it not be a competition, but it becomes it becomes this crash derby thing that you have to survive. Every race now is a bunch of wrecks, and then the caution periods. This thing, I didn't even know about like how this even goes. This went what they call double overtime. And under caution, so I saw what happened. They the um, NASCAR decides at the point that the race goes under caution, whoever was winning wins the Daytona 500. I think that's just crappy because Ricky Stenhouse Jr. did win by the rules, but a moment before. There was another car that was in front of him. I th- I'll tell you what, though, and I didn't hear him talk about this, but if you know there's a wreck and you're about to go caution, get the lead. Go for the lead. Don't, don't get um, uh, lackadaisical at that point because what they did, and by the way, Jody, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Geschichter, the first female car owner to win the Daytona 500. So there you go. That's big. But I saw the, um, I saw Ricky Stenhouse Jr. take that lead right before the race was put under caution. So they're saying double overtime and under caution the great american race as it's known the longest running two overtimes pushes the 65th running of the race to a record 212 laps that's a dozen laps beyond the scheduled distance and it's not the it wasn't the daytona 500 Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the Daytona 530. 
530 miles. Then you got to figure, did somebody mess up? Did you know you were going to go this this extended amount past 500? Because people have been they take it they take a risk and don't get any fuel, and they have run out like on the final turn because they thought maybe they have enough to make it, and if they stop, they're going to lose. So you see that as well. But they're happy as you can imagine. It's a big deal. You win the Daytona 500. The greatest uh, Daytona 500 racer of all time, Richard Petty, a record eight-time winner. I'm not sure who's next behind that, but I'll look it up. Congressman Jody, that's J-O-D-E-Y. Congressman Jody Arrington of Texas said over the weekend, President Joe Biden's management and or leadership has left the United States in a place where it can no longer address its domestic problems and flounders in foreign affairs. Quote, this guy is all talk. He's referring to uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Biden, they're projecting weakness. We're not respected by our adversaries. We are not trusted by our friends. This is the new sort of world order because of the Biden projection of weakness. Incidentally, isn't that a terrible position for the United States to be in? That our enemies don't respect us and our friends don't trust us. But you know that's true. Quote, our adversaries are emboldened. And this guy is not just a, you know, anybody member of the House of Representatives. He's the chairman of the House Budget Committee. Quote, it's trade related. It's border related. And it's spy balloons. It's China collecting data. It's China buying up land around strategic assets. The list goes on. The bottom line is... They don't respect our president and commander-in-chief. Arrington's comments follow the New York Post reported uh, news item last Friday that a $400,000 missile was used in the downing of what might have been a cheap $12 hobby balloon. But, of course, they've given up. They're not even going to go. They don't even want to get these things because they'd have to show it to us then. Oh, we get, it's too too densely in the woods. It's it's out on ice. I mean, we just we can't get it. Yeah, they just lie about everything. It goes on and on and on and on. Quote: Biden let an actual Chinese spy balloon cross two thousand miles of American airspace untouched. Now he fakes being tough by shooting down a $12 science project from the kid. He says, I kid you not, this is amazing. The Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. Oh, my goodness. I think it was Charlie Kirk that reported on that as well. Quote, rest in peace to the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade's $80 ham radio transmitter balloon likely the victim of friendly fire by a $143,000 U.S. Air Force F-22 
firing a 485,000 AIM 9X Sidewinder missile during the Great Balloon Panic of 2023, former Michigan Representative Peter Mayer tweeted. Tell me that. I got to put a little star next to that. Oh, my God. That is so good. So good. Even left-leaning journalist Max Blumenthal suggested that Biden's shooting of the balloon was a a retroactive attempt to present a facade of competence. And And he goes on. Hey, it's your turn to play. Open Forum begins right now. Are you awake on President's Day? 609. 407-1450. We'll find out. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJ HD3 Millville. A Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go. Almost seven minutes past the hour. Reminder, if you haven't had your fill by 10.06 this morning, we shall return both today and tomorrow, 3 to 6 p.m., working nationally for Fox News Radio, filling in guest hosting The Guy Benson Show today and tomorrow. 3 to 6 p.m., foxnewsradio.com or guybensonshow.com. You can listen in real time. Uh, Let's see, 609-407-1450. That's what this hour is about, taking your phone calls, 609-407-1450 on this President's Day holiday. Or if you're the person that sent out the text to every Atlantic City Public Schools employee, they wrote present that you were off today for presence p-r-e-s-e-n-t-s presence day (laughs) oh my god i had so much feedback over the piece that we did on that and a lot of eyeballs uh, on that particular article because it is it's so preposterous for an educational delivery system to write something so incredibly illiterate Uh, but uh, this is what's going on it's a scary time Some would call it a scary journey, even. Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy, I haven't even mentioned, Friday night at Resorts Casino Hotel in the Ocean Ballroom was absolutely star-studded. From Congressman John Runyon, the great Philadelphia Eagle, to Congressman Jeff Andrew, to Senator Vince Palestina, to Senator Michael Testa, Chairman Don Purdy, Chairman Michael Donahue, the a, a full quorum, at least six that I'm sure of, members of the Atlanta County Board of Commissioners, uh, surrogate Joe Girallo. I'm sorry, surrogate Jim Curcio, Atlanta County Clerk Joe Girallo. I mean, it went on and on and on. It was amazing. I think what I, I'll be very curious, but if you're Don Purdy and your goal was to just fortify the team have this camaraderie and just establish the, the the whole team framework of the Atlanta County Republican Party, Don Purdy has to be over the moon with how this went. It was fantastic. 
And then today in the 9 o'clock hour, the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township, Kane's Custom Carts, Mayor Charles Kane. All right, 609-407-1450. It's time for you to call in. Welcome to the program. You're on the air. Hey, Howard, it's Keith from Northfield. Hello, Keith. I'm no marketing genius, Howard, but if I was a fossil fuel executive, I'd be advertising that we don't kill whales. Good idea. I'm a lifelong resident. Yeah, good idea. I'm a lifelong, I'm a lifelong resident here, and there has not been eight whales in two in 50 years, let alone two months. I know, and now it's nine because there was another one last week. Nine. But they want to tell you they're all getting hit by boats. Only I've never seen anything like this before. One of the interviews we did last week, I asked the question, Keith, where where are all the environmental groups? Republicans are defending the environment. I mean, it's it's so ironic. It's crazy what's going on. But they're in the tank. They're in the tank. Uh, they're all taking money from the people involved in this. They're all tied up in knots. They don't know what to do because they've never stayed quiet when animals were dying. Now, Hannah, I studied communications in college, and I know exactly what's happening is the sonar is on the same frequency as the whales, and it's given the whales, like, um, vertigo. And, you know, they that's when they hit the boat. Or, now, to, or, or, or they just bring themselves, you know, uh, into shore and... You know, they're, they're hitting other things. It's not just boats. Uh, I, I don't know. Keith, I don't know what it is, but I know it's not normal. And one other point, Herr, if I was the Chinese government, I would have said it's a climate change balloon. That would have split our country in half. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. You're right. Weather, weather surveillance, uh, climate, climate control is actually a good thing. Yeah, they're they're so out to lunch. They don't know what's going on. They don't know. All right, Howard, have a good Presence Day. Thank you. It's a day filled with presents. See you, Keith. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. You're going to be next. Hang in there just a moment. You are on the air. Welcome to the program. No malice. Uh, real soldiers rise on all occasions. And this is an opportune time on President's Day for everyone to open a motherfucking cans of whoop ass all across America and Fox leading us. That's what we want. More than anthems. And I want to say again there at NORAD, I told you how I was stationed there. And it's from 6667. Colonel Malstrom, he gave his life to make the figure eight. Uh, which they had down at Disney World. Uh, and so I'm committed there. I've been down in the Mesa Base. Why? How did I get down there? I was fixing the rigger's truck, the maintenance trucks at the Mesa sites. They're out there themselves. No one else is there. I go out and pick up vehicles. So he let me see it as part of the team. This is why I am now. And this is no small thing, these balloons. That could be EMP, electronic magnetic parts, destroy all kinds of things. And now you don't have to use the bomb now to tap the building. You set it off, it screw up all the frequencies, much worse than the whale. 
It's, it's in your infrastructure. Nothing will be working. We had the bouncing brigade, the, the balloons, and this conflict of interest who sells radar or who has satellite, we got rid of that very strategic uh, 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 reconnaissance. And the thing is, is this, all presidents are getting too involved in the military now. And I would think if you haven't been a general, uh, you maybe could be vice president or maybe put them in the military. Willie, let me jump in and get get the break in, but I'm impressed. You said brigade. You're paying a lot of attention to the news, and I like that. This is the reference to the shooting down of a $12 science project, $12. And I knew, see, I didn't know how much the um, the F-22 would cost, but we have that number now. It's $140, what's $143 million uh, plane that fired a $485,000 Sidewinder missile. And keep in mind, on one of them, they missed. So it took four at 485000 to get three of these balloons. And it appears that there was no reason to shoot them down at all. The irony here is, wrong way, Joe, the one he should have shot down, he didn't. And the three he didn't need to shoot down, he did. And if this is not a case study into what Joe Biden has been about for 50 years. But the one that just is um, the most absurd, and it is the 12-hour science project from the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. And ladies and gentlemen, as we often point out on this program, truth is stranger than fiction. You can't make this stuff up. Our next caller is coming on right after the break. Willie, thank you for your call. You'll be up right after the break. You'll be up right after the next caller. And I hope you'll keep calling in. We've got a lot of time this hour left to take your phone calls on President's Day at 609-407-1450. It is the Hurley in the Morning program. Here is our friend, Sean Hannity. Your Morning Expresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. In the 70s, Newsweek and, and, and these climate alarmists, they were telling us that an ice age was coming. That evolved into global warming. Then when that didn't occur, it just became a general climate change issue. New York Times said the most likely rate of rise, some experts say, most of the beaches on the east coast of the U.S. will be gone in 25 years by 2021. It's 2023, in case anybody wants to know. In 2006, Time magazine claimed that the earth was at a tipping point. We all should be very worried. This crap has been shoved down our throats. Our kids have been indoctrinated and lied to. The Green New Deal has nothing to do with anything green. It has everything do, to do with the radical socialism. And they're all lying to us. The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today. Do you have more than $50,000 saved for retirement that you can't afford to lose? Biden's pro-inflation White House sent billions to Ukraine. 
burying U.S. in national debt while doing nothing to stop inflation and help our own country. Can your retirement survive crippling inflation and growing debt at the same time? If you have $50,000 or more saved for retirement, heed the warnings. Do something to protect yourself now. That's why, right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to protect their retirement savings from everything that's going on. So call 855-815-GOLD to get your free IRS loophole kit and see how you could protect your retirement savings while getting up to $10,000 in free silver for doing it. We could be looking at a future worse than 2008. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. today. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. We are back. It is the Hurley in the Morning program, 21 minutes past the hour. Open forum this hour. We have Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy, who I imagine the afterglow must still just be fantastic because when you plan an event and it comes off and goes just beautifully, that's just really a wonderful feeling. So between Don Purdy and Nick La Rotunda, everyone who put this together, and I have to say, and I recommend them every single day on the program, Resorts Casino Hotel, if you're having any type of big bash, birthday party, uh, meeting event, whatever it is, dinner, it, it, they're just the perfect work, working partner. I know he's going to say it, and I'll bet you he says it very early. But the red, white, and blue theme and everything that Resorts Casino Hotel did, they, they set the, the mood in the room was fantastic. The lighting is always perfect. The jumbotrons make the event so big. Uh, the stage set up, the way that the Ocean Ballroom uh, just works so well for an event of even 200 and more just as perfect for it but i know that um i know chairman purdy will be will be talking about a lot of that coming up next hour but it went really really well i mean as as well as you could hope for if you if you said in advance that this is how we would like it to go and we hope we can make it you know this good it was great company not a bad word in the house i mean just really fantastic stuff 609-407-1450. I hope you'll check in. We do have a bunch of phone lines open on this President's Day holiday, and it is our only open forum this morning. So let's take full advantage of it. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, boss. How are you? Very well. Thank you for asking. Good. Okay, you're the man. I'm the fan. (laughs) You're the man. Uh... Yeah, uh, this thing, this uh, train incident uh, in East uh, Eastern Illinois. There, yeah, Palestine, Palestine. spelled like Palestine, but pronounced Palestine. Yeah, terrible. Palestine. But I'll tell you what: if the, it's a shame that people are so afraid to just do the right thing, had the president of that um, Norfolk Southern Railroad said on day one what he said on day fifteen. It was perfect. 
We're really sorry. You know, people want to just hear that you're sorry. Sorry this happened. And we're going to be there with you. And we're going to do everything we can. And there's, you know, look, there's a lot of split decisions going on because they're only giving out these $1,000 checks in the one area code and not in surrounding areas. And now we know, I heard a medical professional, uh, Dr. Uh, Jeanette Neshwa from Fox News confirmed this has now reached the Ohio River. This is really, this is a bad situation, Matt. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's where I was going to go. Uh, all right. The people that live there, I feel really bad for them. But listen, the wildlife, I've been a lifelong hunter, Harry, okay? Okay. And these game, these game wardens, they set limits to how many, you know, ducks you can take, how many pheasant you can take, whatever. They do it for a reason. And the reason is they, they, they monitor, they're in the woods all day, every day, and they look, these wardens, they, they measure uh the the number of the flock, the number of the herd, whatever the case may be. And if it needs to be thinned out some, then they give permission to hunt. Correct. Because what happens if you don't thin them out, like in North Jersey they got a bear problem. Yes. The bears go, there's too many Then bears. they start coming into domestic areas because there's not enough food. Correct. I and know. they eat things they eat, they eat things out of people's trash cans and stuff that they shouldn't be eating, yep. and they get sick. And then when they breed, they get the rest of the herd sick or the rest of the flock sick. So what about, like, all the deer and stuff that are, you know, drinking out of these ponds and, and stuff around where that stuff's running off? To well, now? we know it. They're dying. Rabbits and frogs and fish. I mean, by the thousands. This is this is bad. This is really bad news. I heard some woman say, well, everything that was in the air dissipates in eight hours. How do they know that? You know, they're the same type of people that said after September 11, 2001, people like Christy Whitman said that it's safe over there at Ground Zero. And we still have people dying in 2023 of mesothelioma, endocarcinoma of the lung, all kinds of different uh, cancers. And, and health maladies and uh, COPD and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I don't believe anything they say. They all say, drink the water and breathe the air. It's safe. But I didn't see any of them drink the water and breathe the air much, Matt. Yeah, no. Well, listen, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I was When I was in Boston, I was on my way up to New Hampshire on Interstate 93, and there was a bad accident. Car hit a tanker truck, and the tanker truck rolled over, and it was right by a bridge by a river. I was parked on that highway for two hours. Oh. Okay? They had, I don't know how many uh, rescue personnel there, police, ambulance, fire department. They had hazmat there, and they were bringing out these big blankets like sponges, soaking it up trying to stop it from going into the river. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, you're, so you guys are breathing all this in, and it's terrible. The same doctor that I know that we've interviewed many times from Fox News, Dr. Jeanette Neshwat, she said this morning that because they burned all this stuff, it created other chemicals. 
for example, if you ever watch the movie Towering Inferno, you hear Steve McQueen asking, is there any carpet businesses here? And is there any this? Is there any fabric? Is there any this? And then you, I, I think it was O.J. Simpson or somebody asks, why? What are you asking that for? He said, because when you burn this type of material, it becomes cyanide. When you burn this kind of material, it becomes this. So this is what firemen face all the time. And now you bring this environmental catastrophe to East Palestine and you have a situation where Dr. Jeanette Neshwat said these are chemicals and the combination of these chemicals after they burn and the poison that it creates. These are things you should never breathe at all. You should never concentrate breathing them, but you should not even ever breathe them for more than 15 minutes. Well, these people have been living in this stuff. They walked into their homes and their homes have black crud all over the walls you you saw um united states senator uh jd vance he took a stick and just scratched the bottom of the water the water looked clean and pristine he scratched the bottom and you saw an entire rainbow of colors uh permeate to the top and now it rained and it spreads further and now it's in the ohio river that's not me making it up that's an expert that said it and there, there is an, a complete – and then how about the um, uh, EPA? Not the EPA. Um, who, who goes to uh, disaster sites? What's the acronym? Why am I drawing a blank on it? The, D- no. the DEP. No, they're involved. But who goes to accidents when they happen? Well, whoever it is, I'm just drawing a blank on them. They actually said no to the request. FEMA. FEMA. Oh, my God. I can't believe it took me that long to remember it. So FEMA said no to the request because they and then their excuse was it's too big for us. Well, hell, if it's too big for you, what are you talking about? So then after all the blowback from members of Congress and the public at large and the local government there and so on, uh, that FEMA is helping now. But this has been Trump would have been. I mean, skewered on the Barbie if he had behaved like this. Yeah, well, if you know, I mean, I work for Mr. Trump under you, and if, if one of his managers didn't get on this, where is Buttigieg? Where is Buttigieg? Man? Well, now he's quieter than ever. Uh, he's got to be fired. He won't be, though, because this is a completely just incompetent administration. And, and of course, Pete Buttigieg was not picked because of his background, his skill sets, he has no experience to be the transportation secretary. Biden merely checked a box when he picked Buttigieg, just like he did with countless other really key critical positions. And it's a big problem. Buttigieg, he should have resigned and been a man and resigned because of his abject failure. That's with the airline industry now with this and other things before that. Don't forget, the man went away for four months. I never heard of anybody getting four months off like this. And nobody even knew he was gone. Four months of uh, paternity leave or whatever you want to call it. Uh, This is the uh, incompetence that we're surrounded by. And don't forget, this guy couldn't even fill the potholes in South Bend, Indiana. That's why he's nicknamed Pothole Pete. It's not Pothole Pete because he got the job done. It's Pothole Pete, Mayor Pothole Pete, because he didn't get the job done. And he's certainly not getting the job 
done as Secretary of Transportation, and he has completely disqualified himself from any serious discussion to be president. Matt, I've got to run, and we did promise uh, you are next. Just hang in there. we got to go away for just a little bit. It is the Hurley in the Morning program. We have plenty of time right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The um, craziness of sending out a text message to all the staff in the Atlantic City Public Schools District that you're off on Presence Day, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. Yeah, I'm not making it up. We've got the story. New Jersey prisoners and the issue of cell phones in the prison and Atlantic City's Million Dollar Pier in the year 1974. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. The first day of spring is exactly one month away, and we do have a variety of spring-like weather ahead for this week. Today looks pretty warm, high of 61 degrees with clouds and some breaks of sun this afternoon. Spotty to scattered rain showers come into play by tonight, though, with possible fog, low 42. And showers may linger through midday tomorrow. Partly sunny and breezy, high 56. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. We are back uh, coming up right after the top of the hour news break. Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy will debrief the inaugural Ronald Reagan dinner at Resorts Casino Hotel from this past Friday. It was just an unbelievable success. Amazing evening, really just wonderful in so many ways. We'll be chatting about it. And then Mayor Charles Kane, the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and Kane's Custom Carts in today's fourth and final quarter we're taking your phone calls this hour and thus far it's been great so check in we have some open phone lines the open forum has been wonderful so far 609-407-1450 we have an open phone line welcome to hurley in the morning glad you called in you're on the air good morning harry good morning you got are you there my friend i am here okay uh coasty dad hey hey it is let me tell you what I want to talk to you about. Just two things. I listened to your show Friday about entertainment in Atlantic City. Yeah. I'm 80 years old. Wow. At the age of 14, my parents had a little steak shop, 31 South Missouri Avenue. And talking about entertainment, you guys missed probably what all the oldies remember. The 500 Club, Sinatra, D. Martin, Jerry Lewis. Now, we, I want you to know, Cosi Dad, Almost every time we remember to remember to bring that up because we are old enough to remember Skinny D'Amato. It was Skinny D'Amato who put Martin and Lewis together. A lot of people don't know that. Atlantic City, very relevant. It just just so happened that we really focused on Steel Pier on Friday. But we have always mentioned the 500 Club. I want you to know that. You should imagine, I mean, I was there, and I seen the lines all the way around from the 500 Club down to Pacific Avenue when it was Jimmy Durante, Milton Berle. Yep. I mean... They, uh, by the way, all people that played Steel Pier, I'm sure Milton Berle did, and I'm almost positive Jimmy Durante did. All of them did. Uh, were you aware until I said it? Did you know it in advance 
that Skinny D'Amato is the one that put Martin and Lewis together. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. Yes, I want to tell you why I know. Okay. Because the age of 14, I was a busboy for Skinny D'Amato. There you go. Even though my, my parents had a little steak shop across the street, it was called Andy's Steak Shop. And, of course, they named it after me. Now, that covers the entertainment section. I want to go back one more time because I don't want to take up too much of your time. At the age of 22, okay, I think it was 22, in 1965, I bought my first car. It was a, a 19, no, no, I'm sorry, it was 63. In 1963, Chevy Supersport. Candy apple red, four-speed on the floor. I mean, all the, the, the glorious things that you could buy for $3,500. Wow. But this is the best of the best. I bought By the that. way, I want to make this clear now because I'm, I'm, I'm doing the math as you're saying it. Your first car was a brand new car. Yes, sir. Wow. You lucky dog. I, you lucky dog. Well, I saved yeah. all my money when I was working in Atlantic City. Well, I, of course, my mom and dad helped a little bit, of course. And it was uh, $3,500. And I bought it at McKean Chevrolet. And you'll never guess who the service manager was machine, uh, at McKean Chevrolet in 1965. Would you like to take a guess? Let me let me think it out for a second. Is it? Let me I take your time. Let me see if I could work through this. Is it somebody at that stage that then went on years later to have their own establishment, something like that, a famous name like that? A famous name, but he didn't have his own establishment. Okay, let's see now. Who was fixing cars back then? I don't have a guess. I just don't know. How about Roger Penske? Holy smokes. See, I would have never would have never even thought about that. Penske. Yeah, that was in 1965, and uh, McKee Chevrolet was a 40, uh, 46 in Chestnut. Wow. And I got that brand new as a little kid. Very cool. Because I tried to get on your show when you had the, uh, the cars and people's first car and whatever, but, you know, it was just, you were just so busy then that I just couldn't get through. We, so. we have probably, Andy, we have probably done that topic five times in 31 years. Every time we do it, it is gangbusters. It's living proof. You never forget your first girl and you never forget your first car. It's period. It's just a fact. And, of course, you never forget your soulmate. Um, but in terms of first car, Mine was a seven with Don, my twin brother, 72 Chevy Chevelle, a little jacked up in the back and had air shocks. Uh, amazing car. Uh, I can't remember exactly. I think it may have had about 650 some thousand or 60,000 miles when we got it. We kept it until about 120,000 miles, I believe. And then able to get a 1981 Honda four-door Accord five-speed on the floor. Uh, that was my first new car in 81. But the 72 Chevelle, I wish I had that today. Yeah, I wish I had my 63 Supersport, too. Four-speed on the floor, like I said, uh, uh, candy apple red, no air, no air. Uh, positive traction rear. It was just absolutely awesome. Cool. And believe it or not, I learned to drive 
on my dad's 51 Buick, which is three on the tree. You know what that is, Oh, of right? course. Yeah. Uh, it was a eight-cylinder. No power steering, no power brakes. I live in a little street in South Philadelphia, so you can imagine what it was like to try to park that baby, turning the wheel and everything else. But And another thing I noticed today you noticed about, uh, you touched base about doors being open. Living in a little street in South Philadelphia in the summertime when it was hot, because we had no air conditioning. That's right. My, my mom used to put a sheet and pillow on the floor, and we used to sleep with the front door open, the back door open to get that blow-through air. And life was great then, Harry. I mean, you know, I wish my kids and grandkids could go back, you know, to when I grew up in the 60s. We didn't complain. We lived in different houses. I remember one in my sort of formative years, uh, right before being a teenager and then right through high school. It's now two houses on the property. We were at 6301 Ventnor Avenue. It was a house that was moved from Atlantic City to Ventnor. Enormous house. I believe we had somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 bedrooms. And on those hot, balmy, steamy nights with no breeze, even though we were very close, just a block really off of the um, the ocean, the beach. But there were nights where there was just no breeze uh, on the third floor, hottest floor in the house. There were nights you were just, you couldn't really, you couldn't get to sleep very easily. And as the night went on, it got a little bit more bearable. Uh, nobody knows about that kind of stuff anymore. Well, that's because 80 years I experienced a lot. <laughs> yes, and right. I'll tell you, when we had that little sandwich shop across from um, the 500 Club, there was the Applegate on the corner. And then we were between Cole's Gas Station and Jen's uh, Lounge. My dad used to get up and go to the Ice House right down Missouri Avenue because he used to make his own water ice. And it's funny, we did have those little cups you were talking about, and he made his uh, lemon oh. and cherry water ice. He oh. actually squeezed the lemon by hand and sugar, and we had the machine that made water ice, and it was a nickel a cup. Oh. The cherry yeah. the cherry water ice at Steel Pier, and I think they also made it in lemon, but I, I always got the cherry. It was the most flavorful, delicious water ice and that perfect soft texture. It was better than like... A snow cone is the crushed ice, and it's heavy, crunchy ice. These This um, cherry stuff that they had was smooth and just delicious. It was perfect every time. When my dad made that, cherry, uh, that lemon water ice, it came out like mashed potatoes. Yeah. It was just absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah, I don't, know how, I don't know how it was done. I really don't. This is the same thing that I'm talking about at Steel Pier. The texture of it was not like ice, even though it was a very cold. It wasn't ice cream, I guess, and it wasn't a slushy. It wasn't the, and it wasn't that shaved ice where you know you're eating ice that was just crunched down into little, little pieces. Uh, it was just a whole different consistency, and that was a good way to explain it. Like a mashed potato type consistency very soft right. very velvety smooth well there was a can inside the barrel we used to have an outside barrel where the can fit in we put in the lemon the sugar and the water no ice in the barrel lemon sugar and water the ice was put all around it with rocks all around it and a burlap bag 
to keep it cold. There you go. And then the machine would spin it and keep on spinning it and keep on spinning it. And every now and then you pick it up, making sure it was, wasn't coagulating on the sides. And then it got to a point where it was like a mashed potato consistency. Mm. Then we took that out. We put it in another old barrel packed with ice, and we sold it out of there. And I'd say our biggest customers, believe it or not, were the Mills Brothers. How about that? They used to come down after the show from the 500 Club because we were opposite. They used to come down because my little shop was open 24 hours a day. It was my dad, my mom, and my grandmother. And on weekends, they'd say, Mom, what are you going to have? She said, well, I'm making gravy. When you're self-hold up, it's not sauce. It's gravy. We're making gravy. We're making meatballs. We're making sausage. And you'd be surprised that all the entertainers would come right across the street and they'd get their their homemade food from an old Italian family from South Philadelphia. I'm loving all this. I, I've got I've, I'm five minutes late. I've got to go to the break, Andy. But the next time we're doing, and it's usually going to be on a Friday in the 9 o'clock hour, the next time we're doing uh, Atlantic City and entertainment and, you know, we'll call it the, the old days, if you will, you got to check in with us. Well, I'll tell you, I graduated South Philadelphia High School in 1961. Uh, I played in a school band with Frankie Avalon at Vera Junior High School. Fabi was in my dra- graduation class, and Chubby Checker was the year before me. This is crazy. You, so that's my history. Your history is iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Like this- I said, it was- at the age of 14, I marched up Broad Street in the Great Riverbrook String Band playing my saxophone. Love it. Love this conversation. Have yeah. a good day. Thank you. You too, my friend. God bless. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Andy, a.k.a. Coasty Dad. What an, see, now that's, that's the kind of listeners that we have. Wow. I'm just blown away by that. And I'm not surprised. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm beginning, to, I'm, I'm beginning to, I just have to conclude that between Don and Harry Purdy and Harry and Don Hurley, there is some kind of connection here. You get into the stuff of all the, you know, Don Don and Harry are both photographers and all this stuff that you can start, you know, comparing. Our first car was a 1972 Chevy Chevelle. Now, we had the the four-door, which I loved having four doors. I never liked having to bend the one seat and let people in. I loved having four doors. I know that the two-door version is more collectible, but I liked having the four-door. Purdy, Don, had a 1970 Chevy Chevelle SS 396. And how about this? Writes me, and I still own it today. Now, that is a car guy. That is impressive because I'm telling you, I would love to have our 72 Chevelle back. I would love it. And Andy wrote in that he could listen to our last caller all day. Me too. It was great. I didn't want to go. I had to go. Sean Hannity. Two-thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. The average American household paying $10,000 in Biden inflation tax. Real wage growth is down. Heating and electric bills now at a 25-year high. Credit card debt is at an all-time record, a 15% jump in the third quarter. That's the highest in over two decades. Are you better off now than you were two years ago? Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
2000. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I was checking something out about a half hour ago, and uh, this is perfect. I knew we'd have just two minutes, and I could close the hour with this. I really appreciate Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery is a famous game show host. You probably have heard of him. And I think he's pretty much canceled uh, at this stage of his life, but he doesn't care. Fortunately, he's he's in good shape. Uh, he can work if he wants, maybe, uh, although I think he's lost the opportunity to do certain work because he's not a, a radical lefty. But he posted a tweet, and I had it in front of me, but then uh, I got busy on something else, so now I don't see it in on my screen anymore. But in any event, uh, he basically wrote, Uh, Do you believe that Carrie Lake won her election? And I like that when people put questions out like that and see what you get back. Well, of course, he has many, many followers. He's gotten thousands of responses to it. Uh, I didn't write on that. Not that I wouldn't, but I didn't. Uh, Absolutely, I believe that Carrie Lake won her election. Katie Hobbs got to run the election and be a candidate at the same time. How she was never disqualified from doing that is is beyond me. Uh, and this is what we have to button down. It's a little bit about what I talked about uh, on Friday night. Uh, Chairman Purdy asked me to say a few words in between when we were doing the um, introducing of the other presenters. It really went great. Don's going to be talking about it right after the break. But um, it's a little bit about what I was talking about. We can't let these Democrats, I mean, they got for sure Nevada with the same way with the early voting and the vote by mail. They got Arizona with the early voting and the vote by mail and all the uh, ballot harvesting and all the things that go on. We can't allow this to keep happening. It's got to stop. And we'll see. It's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. We'll be back. It's halftime, believe it or not, on President's Day weekend. Or if you're the person that sent the email out to the entire Atlantic City Public School staff, you think it's President's Day, as in Christmas presents. But it's not. It's President's Day on the Hurley in the Morning program. We're also working nationally today for Fox News Radio from 3 to 6 p.m. and tomorrow. PGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. Very pleased to welcome back to the Hurley in the Morning program the chairman of the Atlanta County Republican Party. And this has to be still uh, uh, nothing short of an afterglow from Friday night, Ocean Ballroom, Resorts Casino Hotel, hundreds of really wonderful Republicans gathering together in an evening that, I mean, you you would have to make up a lie to say anything negative. I mean, there was it was just all positive, uh, high energy, star-studded, uh, and very well-run. And we welcome 
Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy to chat about it. Uh, you, we didn't really debrief much. We sh- shared a couple of text messages over the weekend, uh, but you must be very satisfied how everything went. Harry, it was amazing, um, you know, especially the short notice that we put this, uh, I would say it's a project, but it was actually a party together. Uh, Nicola Rotunda um, did an awesome job. I can't, I can't be more proud of that young man. He's, he, he's incredible. Um, and it resorts, resorts hit it out of the park. Um, By the way, not, not uh, to be gratuitous to one of my clients, but they are everything that I have advertised that they are. And you can now personally attest to that. You can, can't you? <laughs> Undoubtedly. Harry, it was amazing. Nick went there at 3 o'clock to set something up. And when he walked in that room, Harry, and we gave him carte blanche, do, do what you want. Um, it, he sent me FaceTime video of what was going on there. And, it, you, Harry, you, you, you were there. It looked like like a national convention that you would see on television. It was so beautiful. It was three Three jumbotrons. Beautiful red, white, and blue everywhere. Elegant black um, tablecloths and just wonderful. Uh, everything about it was just so elegant and, and perfect. And every speaker just brought it and delivered the goods. It had, it had such a nice pace to it. You had everything from uh, six of the county freeholders to the state legislature represented, members of the United States House of Representatives, past and present, yourself, so on, uh, who I believe will be the next governor of the state of New Jersey. I mean, it w- wasn't a home run, Chairman Don Purdy. It, it was a grand slam, bottom of the ninth, 3-2 count. I mean, it was just, it was, it was perfect. And, you know, Harry, one of the other things was when we first decided to do this, of course you want to raise money, but one of the other things that we tried to do and really, really focus on was uh, creating a team-like atmosphere because obviously that's what it takes to win, and we did that. We did that uh, hands down. Um, of course, we raised a, a lot of money, but we also, the energy that was in that room, I mean, all weekend my phone was blowing up from people saying how much a great time they had. Uh, they, You know, political events, sometimes people don't bring their wives they come by themselves. Their wives are like, you go, you know, they're tired of it. This was a different event. The wives came. They enjoyed it. Um, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a different atmosphere than you would see to any other political event. I mean, Michael Donahue, my very good friend, the chairman of Cape May County, says, I've been to hundreds of these things. I've never been to one like this. It was great. I agree. It, it had everything you would want. And the whole foundation of your effort as chairman is to actually build a team so that it's not a splintered party that that everybody is on board and feels that they have an important play and place in all of it and that i mean that did nothing but solidify your team approach and you know uh i mean margie margie was loving it loving it yes, she i mean was. you know look at how many events those two you yep. know this was something that was was just different um, and the best part about the whole thing is, you know, I have my brother there side by side, taking them pictures and documenting and sharing them, uh, because that's something we'll always get to ba- look back on. Harry Purdy is one of the finest photographers that I've ever seen. His work, it's always in focus. It's always clean. 
his turnaround time is unbelievable. By that evening, he had a bunch up. By the next morning, very early, he had hundreds of photos up. He, I mean, I know he's your brother and all, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, Harry Purdy, Greg Cole, a handful of other people. Don is building a good name for himself. Uh, very few great photographers. You know, in the old days, if you look at those photos of Atlantic City, Hess is on them. Mike Blizzard was very famous as a photographer in the 60s and 70s. Uh, your brother is a terrific professional photographer, Don. It's, it's incredible because his livelihood, he's really a, a plumbing contractor. <laughs> uh, he does big commercial work, and, you know, this was his hobby, and the hobby is starting to take over passion. You know, we get to that point in our life that we, we look back and say, you know, what's really important to us to have a good time uh, and enjoy what we do um, instead of, you know, grinding and grinding and grinding, and he's really done that. So he mixes it between his business and photography to him is uh, his, his passion. Don, let's get the break in. When we come back, I want you to go down and and share with our listeners who were not able to be with us on Friday night at Resorts Casino Hotel in the Ocean Ballroom, really the message that the different speakers from yourself to Senator Palestina to Congressman Van Drew, former Congressman, former Eagle great, current NFL Vice President John Runyon, uh, Senator Palestina himself at the end of the night had a great message, I thought. I want to talk a little bit about what was said at the event because I thought it really was positioning the Republican Party for great success in 2023, 2024, and, of course, just as critical, 2025, when, again, the entire New Jersey General Assembly will be up and governor will be up. So we'll talk about that. Take that until the bottom of the hour. Then after the bottom of the hour, Don Purdy is going to share some comments because he's one of the few people I know that still has their first car. I can't wait to talk about that. It's always a blast. And Don has agreed to talk about that. Uh, Amazing uh, that you still have your first car. And I've said so many times on this program, whenever we've had the topic, your first car and the phone lines go bananas and you just it's just so much fun uh, that I wish we still had our 1972 Chevy Chevelle. It's not the highly collectible two door, but I for me and what I did with it, I loved having because we brought people, you know, to different places. When you were 17, then you weren't limited to having one person in the car. We would have, you know, people in the back, people in the front, and it was just nice. Um, Now, I'm not not adverse, though, to that beautiful two-door version as well. We'll be back. It's kind of ironic. Maybe not. And I don't believe in coincidences, but Purdy's first car, a 1970 Chevy Chevelle, and the Brothers Hurley first car, 1972 Chevy Chevelle. We'll get to that. After one more segment about what happened Friday night with Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 20 minutes past the hour with Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy. It is early in the morning on this President's Day federal holiday, which means I know we're talking to a lot of folks 
who have the day off today, and we wish you a great day. Enjoy it. We're going to be back. Uh, a lot of holidays, I wind up working uh, double duty. Not only don't I take them off, I, I work twice. Uh, we're filling in today for Fox News Radio from 3 to 6 p.m. Looks like we have Gordon Chang. We have uh, Joe Concha from Fox News uh, working on Congressman Van Drew for either today or tomorrow. We're filling in both days uh, tomorrow, 3 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. as well as today. Uh, Don Purdy, right before the break, I want to give you the opportunity, share, encapsulate the essence of what the different speakers had to say from Friday night, because it was all so good. Well, first off, we started, obviously, um, with yourself, um, you, you came in, uh, Harry, you, you know how to energize a crowd. So, you know, again, I want to say thank you for that. Every time I've always asked you for a hand, you're there for us. So again, thank you. Uh, we don't realize, we don't realize, uh, you know, when they say Harry Hurley, well, you know, you, you're national uh, people across the whole country hear you and, you know, and you're, you're right here for us. You're, you're local. Um, and you know, you go back and forth to New York you always have that time for us as local, um, not just Republicans, but just the community leaders, uh, charity events and everything else. So I just want to thank you for uh, helping us. There's a lot of things you could have done with your Friday night and come out with us. So thank you. I was happy to be there. We, we had, a, as you saw, we had a blast and it was really wonderful company. So uh, uh, I appreciate what you just said, but we loved, loved being with you. Chesney uh, bugged in. She came out and she sung our national anthem. She did a unbelievable job. She hit it out of the park. Um, you know, I'm going to thank her mom, Maureen, uh, her stepdad Roy, for helping us, um, bringing her to the event. She has definitely got a big future. Um, so I'm going to say thank you to her. Then we went to John Runyon, you know, the six foot eight giant, uh, <laughs> got a heart of gold. But he was a mountain of a man. Um, and uh, he came in and he basically, you know, this is a guy that has played ball his whole life um, and then came to the East Coast with the Eagles and then planted his family and stayed here and became a two-time congressman. Um, I've been friends with John for quite some time. Uh, it was great because he was a congressman. I was the mayor. We had a great time together. Um, and his sons followed in his footsteps. But the message that John delivered was teamwork. And he did it in a way that he understood and everybody in the audience understood, and it was the difference between um, how we can succeed, but you can't succeed unless you're a foundation team. And that really hit home with a lot of people uh, because that's some of the things that I've been trying to say since uh, I've been the chairman. The circle firing squad between us, we're the only ones who can hurt ourselves, and we do. Uh, continually, depending what town you're in or county you're in or even state you're in. We've seen it in Washington. Um, and my goal is, you know, you're not going to have everybody happy, Harry, and they're not going to be on the page 100% of the time. But if we get the majority of the time, we're doing something. And that's the only way we move our area forward. Because it, my goal is not just to control offices. My goal was to make this base place a better place for your kids, your kids to be able to stay here, uh, have a profession, uh, you know, not move out of the area. Yeah. That's kind of our problems. Hey, Don, let me comment on it for a second. You you gave a great speech. I'm not just saying that because we're friends or anything like that. It was a great speech. And I thought one of the most powerful points of your presentation was that basically everybody in this room is doing this 
because we want to make this a state. We want to make it a county. We want to make it a region where your children don't have to move away. So many people, and you've talked to them, and I have as well, the ones that are lucky to still have their adult children that are able to still live in this area, we're very blessed because many have had to leave uh, because of what's going on in the state. A lot of powerful things got said on Friday night. That was really important what you said, Chairman. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, when it goes back to, you know, then we had our congressman. Our congressman uh, could talk for days and never repeat himself. Um, he's a book of knowledge. He's been there, done it. Um, what's going on in Washington, of course, he educated everybody and kept them up to what's happening. But, you know, the congressman's uh, tool is, too, is to come back to what's important, uh, come back to your roots, uh, believe, don't step down. Uh, if you believe in it, go forward. Do not, don't take a backseat to anybody. Uh, express yourself. And uh, I think that that's an important message that the congressman pushed through and, and people hear it. Um, you know, John Risley got up and spoke on the county, talked about the, the how solid the county is, which goes back to our uh, foundation about keeping people here. They don't have to run from a a bad county we have the best county um so you know that that was said and then you know jack chitarelli jack um he's been a good friend and i've said this on your show i've said it that night how many people do you know that run for office and and put their not only their personal money but their time away from their family and they they lose they don't make it there but they got so many people across the line and continue to do it day after day after day that guy is, you know, just so you know, Harry, our event was over at 10 o'clock. You know, he still had to drive an hour and a half. He came back to Hamilton, did an event, did another event in South Jersey. And that night he was in New York City for a charity event. He does not stop. No. And he is a role model, not just politicians. He's a role model for human beings. And he's got a heart of gold. He's got a passion about him, and he's got a, a, a kids that are, are duplicates of him and a wife that allows him to do this. So, you know, that's another man. When I call him, whatever he can do, um, and, and that's part of a team. Again, um, a center, Vince Palestina, I did a little bit of roasting on him, and, and uh, Joe Berg, his chief of staff, I can't do this. We did a proclamation. It was all jokes. He didn't know about it, but it comes down to, Vince is a human being as well. You need to be able to laugh and enjoy yourself. And and Hey, Don, that was a hilarious part of the evening. Everyone loved it. And what was really cool, that's when you know you've got the right guy in the right place because there are some people that cannot make fun of themselves. And Vince, I don't even want to say he took that well. You had him read it. He read his proclamation, and he was just busting out with some of the words that he had to read about himself. It was fantastic, Don. So, you know, in closing, um, the senator made a lot of lot of uh, serious points as well, and yeah. one of them being is if we want to do this and continue to do this, we all need support on both sides. Um, you know, even though Democrats have... Uh, you know, want to be in power. And, and, and I believe they still want to do the same things as we do, just different ideology and so forth. 
but we have to row in the same direction. It's very important to row in the same direction. And the senator put that out there in them words uh, in in several different ways so everybody could understand it. And people grabbed it. They loved it. And, Chairman, what I thought was beautiful, and it really just lets everybody in the room know this was not a one-off thing, you announced during the event itself. I love it when this kind of thing happens that this wasn't just one time the inaugural Ronald Reagan dinner. You announced to the crowd at Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City in their beautiful ocean ballroom that you already have reserved the ballroom for next year's event. That that just to me demonstrated everything from confidence to continuity that this is something that you're going to continue to do. And I don't want people to forget, uh, Senator Palestina was the first recipient of the Ronald Reagan Award uh, in the name of the dinner. So next year you'll be a naming a recipient uh, in that dinner, I'm sure. But it was really a cool vibe when you were able to tell the entire room who received that word very, very uh, well and, and happy about it and big applause that you already have next year scheduled. Harry, when I walked in that room for the first time, there was no doubt in my mind. Um, there was no doubt in my mind. Um, I, I talked to Nick. I said, let's do this. Resorts, hands down. Eva, you know, um, Mark, these guys and ladies, and the, the staff was unbelievable. And they worked with us, and there was no question about it. Um, we had over 200 people in a month and a half. Uh, next year, I guarantee we'll have three to 350 in that room. And it was just... You know, and it builds. I have an event that I'm working on for the summertime, Harry, that will blow this area away. Um, and it's going to be something that is for everyone that come to. Um, it's going to be a huge fundraiser, but it's not going to be just Atlanta County politics or New Jersey. This is going to be nationwide, and it's going to be right here. Um, I'm announcing it soon. Uh, it will be in Atlanta County, and it will be in the summertime. So stay tuned for that. We have a lot of people who are going to be working on this project. But again, you know, you have to keep people engaged. You have to give them a job. You have to keep them engaged. And that's the results that we're going to get. It's fantastic. Cannot wait till you make that announcement. That's going to be huge. When we come back, we're at the halftime uh, of the hour. It's 30 minutes past the hour with Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy. Now I want to give you an opportunity to see and hear a different side of Don Purdy, who knows the car business almost like no one. His first car, he revealed to us last hour when we were talking to our guest listener, uh, Andrew, uh, who was talking about his first car, which was um, fantastic to listen to. Chairman Purdy's is a 1970 Chevy Chevelle SS 396. And then when I read the words after that, and I still own it today, I was just blown away, but not surprised because he has such an appreciation. We unfortunately traded ours in when we were able to get a new car. We had it from 1978 until 1981. And boy, it served it served us so well. Don Purdy has seen one of the rare people that have ever seen this uh, this many years later. It only lives in one photo that I'm aware of. And I took the photo because Don is in the photo. We were just very lucky. We got this used camera at a Ventnor store that um, I think it was old and new or something like that. It was called old and new. 
And so the, some of the stuff in there was brand new, but some of it was used. And we bought this Polaroid camera that instantly it was the first time I ever saw anything like it. Uh, it instantly developed the picture. And so we have a photograph of the 72 Chevelle, which Don has seen, and I have seen his car. He'll talk about that when we come back in just a few minutes with Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy. I am early in the morning on President's Day or any other day, and this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, and you have validated that and done that for us again and again and again, and we thank you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley, three stories you can follow right now on the app. New Jersey prisoners illegally possessing cell phones. It's not the problem that it once was. We have a neat update all about that. Check it out. New Jersey's doing pretty well in this area. Atlantic City Public Schools, this isn't so well. Uh, Text message sent out to all staff about being off today on presents day, as in Christmas presents. And Atlantic City's Million Dollar Pier in 1974 and our look at Atlanta County Executive Denny Levinson. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Trending pretty warm for your President's Day and pretty dry, too. You'll find lots of clouds with some afternoon breaks of sun. High temperature this afternoon, 61 degrees. Spotty to scattered rain showers are possible tonight. Fog may develop as well, low 42. Showers through midday tomorrow, then partly sunny and breezy, high of 56. We'll cool off to 45 on Wednesday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. I always wanted to learn early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Great one. We're back. It's 39 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley in the Morning with Don Purdy. Don is the former longtime mayor of Galloway Township longtime council member uh, before that, and um, the chairman of the Atlanta County Republican Party. If you missed it, check out the podcast a little later today. When it uploads, you can download it right from the app. Just click on podcasts, and then you'll see Hurley in the Morning, today's date, and you can scroll right to the um, the interview that you want to hear. And it was five minutes, six minutes past the top of the hour uh, because there was a lot of good content about who was at the inaugural Ronald Reagan dinner and what they had to say. It really was uh, a lot of fun to debrief that with Chairman Purdy. Now we're going to talk about something that is is a whole lot of fun. And every time, I would say in 31 years, we've done this topic maybe five, six times. It blows up the phone lines every time because I think there's something about your first car. Let me ask a car guy. If, if I'm right about that, I think I am. I, I'm not a car guy, but I, I have great affinity for my own cars. I remember them all. I could, I could just roll them off. And I've had just a United Nations of, of cars uh, in my life, including because of Mar- the late, great Marty Wilson, th- four straight Ford Tauruses. I got in Marty Wilson's car. It was the Motor Trend Car of the Year three years in a row. I get in Marty's car. I said, Marty, I love this car. And it just handled so beautifully that I went and bought one. Uh, 
I don't think it was right away because I had a different car. But the next time I got a car, I got a, tor- a Ford Taurus. And then I got another one and another one, at least three, maybe four. I think it's four and three off of Charlie, the first one I had. Uh, so, you know, and then then Charlie was the one that got me into Mercedes. Uh, I was going to get another Ford Taurus, which I don't think they make anymore. They have some Ford 500 or something. Anyhow, uh, there's something about your first car, though, that it's almost like you're talking about a human. Don, is am I on to something with that comment? <laughs> you know, Harry, you, you really are, and I'll go backwards a, a few steps. Um, my sister is, uh, uh, is a few years older than my brother, and my brother's uh, you know, 16, 17 months older than me. But it comes down to my sister turned um, 17, and her birthday is right before Christmas, and she gets a brand-new car for Christmas. And she gets this little escort, uh, uh, I guess it was a little escort, Ford Escort. You know, it was cool because she was the older sister driving us around. And um, my father had bought a brand new um, Ford Ranger four-wheel drive, uh, super cab uh, pickup truck. And my brother had just turned 17 and my father gave him the truck. And I was getting close to turning 17 and I'm, I'm getting all excited and I got congratulations. We're broke. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So I said, okay. So, you know, I've been a car. I was a, always a car guy as a kid. And um, <clears throat> just to talk about the first car, my, my mother, um, my mom is awesome. I love my mom. And she, she says to me, uh, you know, and I was working and working and working, but I always had motorcycles and everything else. And I, I was saving money. And my, my mom said to me, I'll tell you what you go find the car that you want. And my mom said, and I don't know how they even did it. When I was, it was 16, I was when I bought the car and my mom said, I will co-sign on a loan for you. So I said, okay. So my good friend at the time and still one of my best friends ever is Steve Allgaier. Um, he's the one that taught me how to paint his late sister, Jack, one very good friend of mine. Um, she has since passed away, but she, um, my buddy Steve would take me to look at cars all over the place. So again, my sister's got a brand new car. My brother's got a brand new car. They're both Fords. And I say to my mom, after my buddy Steve took me around for months and months looking at all this garbage, I found the car I want. She said, okay, no problem. How much is it? It was like, I think it was $3,800 at the time. It was 1990 is when we bought the car. Uh, I was 16 years old. And my mom didn't say nothing about it. She just said, how much is it? She gets me the loan. We can sign for it. I'll never forget it. And I bring this 1970 Chevelle SS 396 home. And my father's like, oh, my God. <laughs> now, my dad always had El Camino, Super Sports, Monte Carlos. My dad had all this stuff back in the day. And here I show up with this big block Super Sports Chevelle that, you know, at the time, I guess it was uh, 10, it was 20 years old at the time. And that was my pick for my first car. And, um, you know, of course, I love that car. Um, my, my good friends in Nandels, they had Chevelles and, you know, we had Novas. We had everything. It was the greatest thing in the world. I would not trade them times for anything. And uh, over the years, I've worked for General Motors and dealerships and stuff like that. And I just started collecting parts back then to be able to restore the car. 
and I took the car and put it away because I was really beating the heck out of it as a kid and drag racing it and everything else you could do. Um, and uh, I actually wrecked the car and hit, hit something with it before I even got my license. <laughs> but um, my good oh, friend, Tally Schmidt, that hurts. he helped me put the car back together. I hid it from my father, put it in the front yard with a car cover over it. And <laughs> we got it fixed. <laughs> good, but good, good plan. I, I was a terrorist kid. Uh, you know, it goes back, Harry, is, you know, when I was in my junior year in high school, I was horrible in school. And they we had this work program, so I would go to school half the day and then go to school and work the other half. So I was working at Sears, working on cars at the time when they actually worked on cars. But I couldn't drive the cars because I didn't have a license. So people would have to drive them in for me, and then I would do the brakes and tune-ups and all that happy stuff. But I couldn't drive because I was only I was only 15 at the time. <laughs> but when I turned, this is the where it's going to get you. When I turned 17 and got my license, I got a job in Egg Harbor City where the Dunkin' Donuts is now. It was Douglas Chevrolet Volvo. Okay, It was a little car dealership. And I was a mechanic. And who was my service manager? You got asked that question earlier. Who was my service manager? Oh no! Um, this this is You're even guess this this is even more sinful if I don't get it because that at least there was like. We're contemporaries. There was like a 10-year gap at least. And when you're that young, 10 years is like 100 years. You know, it's like you. I have a sister that's six years older. Now we're contemporaries. But, oh, my God, she seems so much older when I was just a little boy and she was six years older. So I had no chance. And and then I, I didn't realize he was in Philadelphia. So when he said Roger Penske, I almost fell out of my chair, but I would have never gotten it. All right, so I got to think. In that day... Ah, Purdy with a with that car in nineteen seventy would be let's see. Um there was oh, I'm trying to think who would have been It would have been nineteen ninety. It would have been nineteen ninety or ninety one. Yeah, ninety one. No ninety. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Eighty nine. It would have been eighty nine. It would have been Chevrolet dealer in Egg Harbor City, and you're very oh, good friends with this person. Oh, okay. So the Chevy dealer in that era was Douglas Chevrolet. Take me out of my misery. I'm not it's not coming to me. The mayor, Charlie Kane. Oh, I should have got that. It was too obvious. I looked Charlie past was, it. Charlie was my boss. He was the he was the uh, service manager at that Chevy dealer. And uh, I was a mechanic. I was still going to school half of the day. And that's where I, that's how far back I go with Charlie King. Wow. That's a great story. So here, here now, mine lives, maybe it's somewhere, maybe it's gone. I don't know. Uh, We kept it in beautiful condition. We turned it over, I think, with about 120,000 miles, if I'm not mistaken. Remember, it was called a joyride. Uh, me and Don took it for a nice little joyride before we traded it in. We didn't bust it up or anything, but we 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 ran it. We ran it a little bit. We'll just leave it at that. Um, and it was fun. And then we turned it in and got the '81 Honda. Um, you now you have your first car. I don't know how many people our age can say they still have their first car. Talk about that. In fact, let's get the break in, and then you'll conclude the hour with that. 
ran a, I ran about three minutes late because I'm having so much fun. Boy, we've we have confirmed some great guests for later today when we go national on Fox News Radio from three to six p.m. Filling in for Guy Benson today and tomorrow, Congressman Van Drew. We think we have Gordon Chang, who is the preeminent expert on China. We have Joe Concha from Fox News Television, and a whole lot more coming up a little bit later today. Back with Don Purdy and Hurley in the morning right after this. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Text the WPG Talk Radio studio. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app. A free download from South Jersey's talk station, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. I love that. Thank you for making that possible for him to say that, for me to say it each morning. Five minutes before the top of the hour. Let's make it count. So Don Purdy has his Chevy Chevelle, his 1970 version Ours lives in only one photograph. I think there might be a second, but at my fingertips is only one photograph with a very young Don P. Hurley, 17 years old, standing next to it. So, Don, tell us about your car. How's it doing? Well, it's you know, I've had it in storage for many, many, many years. Um, when I built my body shop, I, I put it in a body shop and never touched it forever. Um, Tim Robbins good friend excellent body man he worked for me at the time he's like let's work on the car let's work on the car so we we took the car up tim took it all apart we put all new body panels on it um which i've collected over the years working for chevy dealers and um of course politics really started getting in high gear and i had to put it on the side burner uh it sits in my up in my showroom in my body shop right now um it's probably you know 50 percent done um, and I have two of them now, so there are two seventy Chevelles sitting side by side. One's a race car that I took apart that I started doing. And you know, your lives just get so busy, Harry. But um, you know, I will tell you that my number one love, besides my wife and my kids, obviously, is cars. Um, I'm a car guy through and through. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't go to college. I've worked on cars. I've worked on cars. I sleep cars. I love cars. Let um, me ask you a question about cars. We have three minutes. Uh, I am a NASCAR fan. I'm not a fanatic, but I am a fan. But I'm starting to not like the way all the NASCAR races end now. They're three wide. They're, they always have wrecks at the end. And it almost seems like the, the, the best person doesn't win. Somebody gets lucky, double overtime, uh, and then they got to freeze frame and see who was leading at the time that the caution you know, was, was ordered. And it winds up, you know, the winner is just lucky and not really what we're used to seeing, you know, when when the different people like Richard Petty or, uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt and such. I don't like the way it's evolving, Chairman. Well, Harry, that's funny you bring bring that up, because one of the funniest things that um, we had talked about Friday night, uh, of course, you know, John Runyon is sitting right next to me at dinner. And I said, John. 
you know, this is just getting a little carried away. I mean, the Super Bowl, you got plays you're waiting a minute, two minutes to hear results of, and you, know, you go back playing, you got 15 people looking at, at cameras and, and footages, and, and it's the same thing with NASCAR. Tech, and John's answer to me was, technology's there and we have to use it. Yeah. Um, so that's exactly what you're getting with that. Um, I, just, I like the fun seat of your pants type, uh, um, same as, you know, when you're watching football. You know, it is what it is. The, the ref makes the wrong move. You're at home. You're throwing things around your house. You're yelling, screaming, cussing. You're at the field. Everybody's yelling. Same thing at NASCAR. Um, and you live with it. You have to. Well, nowadays, you know, they replay it 15 different times, and they might find a technicality that you would never, ever see in real life. So, But, but do you also agree, or am I – see, I'm not – I'm not. I'm nowhere near, you know, an expert in this, but I, I've been watching it my whole lifetime. And races used to get won with with very close photo finishes and things like that. Now that you see that they're knocking cars, tipping the the bumper, so you spin out, then they take out five cars with them. It just seems like they're all ending in wrecks now. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, too, as well, because it almost goes back to let's go sports with hockey. Um, there's nobody that wants to go to a hockey game and watch everybody hug and kiss and, <laughs> and, and put the little puck in. The, they want to see these guys fighting. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the same thing you got. I, I asked Runyon about that. How about when these guys left the empty the, the, the bench and they're out fighting? I mean, this in, in, in our world today, this is what these people want to see. And the technology with the automobiles and and the the um, NASCAR having all these these restrictions on there. Yes, everybody. You're is right about that. Restrictor plates and everything. So everybody's really uh, bottled up. Chairman, we did it. We ran it to the finish line. Pun intended. Thanks for a great visit. We'll keep in touch. We'll talk soon, Harry. Thanks for the opportunity. You too. W E N J H D three Millville, a Town Square Media Station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Another mayor. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Correct. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. Thrilled that it is the fourth quarter. And don't forget, though, we're coming back strong in just a few hours. I will go immediately into show prep, so it's nonstop for your uh, friendly neighborhood uh, talk show host here. But at 3 o'clock, we will sign on. We've got great guests that are planned, including Gordon Chang, including Fox News Television's Joe Concha, including United States Congressman Jeff Andrew, and more coming up between 3 and 6 p.m. today on Fox News Radio. And you you know where to find us, foxnewsradio.com, and you can navigate right to the Guy Benson Show, 3 p.m., to 6 p.m. It is now time to welcome Mayor Charles Kane, the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township, and Kane's Custom Carts, the Auto Plaza by Charles and Amory Kane, are the official and exclusive automobile service parts and sales provider for the Hurley in the Morning program and the Hurley family. And because it's so much fun, we're going to extend in our first segment here with Mayor Kane the discussion that we've been having this morning. It's come up now. This is very, very cool. It came up in the 7 o'clock hour, thanks to guest listener Andrew, uh, regarding his first car. Then, of course, it came up with Mayor Don Purdy, who wrote me and sent me a picture 
that I'm telling you, if we were to poll, there's 350 million Americans, plus who knows how many tens of thousands of illegals. So somewhere in that range of 350 to 375 million people. How many people, Mayor, do you believe? First, of course, welcome to your program. Your mic has been on. But how many people do you think in this country still have their first car? And I don't mean a 17-year-old that or an 18-year-old that just got their first car and they still got it. I'm talking like 30, 40, 50 years later. It's got to be got to be a small number, isn't it? Good Monday morning, Mayor. How are you? Very well. Very well. Great, great segment with the chairman. Good yeah. friend, uh, known as Don said, we have known him for for many, many years, and I'll expand on that. That one story he told uh, uh, later on in the program. But uh, Mayor, I, I can't say that I, I don't think many. I think many people have regrets on their first car. Um, I don't think there's many that 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 actually still own it. I think many. I, I think there's a lot of people that I talk to in the circles that we travel in, especially with classics. Um, you hear all. You always hear about the one that got away. You yeah. know, the one that I had, and God, I wish I would have kept it. And um, and uh, you know, I, I don't know many people that actually have retained it. For people listening right now, and they're of all ages, young, middle aged, you know, seasoned citizens alike. Would you recommend that if financially you can afford it, that you should keep your first car? Well, I mean, look. If the, the, well, let, the, let me tell you why I'm saying that. You're the car guy. I'm just the layperson that's been hanging around you for decades, so I've learned a lot from you. But if you can afford it, like a lot of people, I had to trade the car in to get the next car. But a lot of people that, that have the ability to, to keep it, if you kept that and kept it, you know, you'd have to you'd have to invest because you can't just let it sit because tires, you know, dry rot and all the things you've taught me. You know, you've got to keep those fluids going through. There'd be a lot of problems. I'm not saying put it in a garage and, and don't touch it like like it's in some kind of time capsule for 40 or 50 years. By the way, I'll tell you a story about that later if we have time about what these cars look like that were buried when they were brand new. Oh, my God, you should see what happened to them uh, in the ground. If people think you could just go get them and they're going to be fantastic, oh, it's it's like the Titanic. They're, they're terrible looking. So anyhow, I'm saying if you could afford it, and then that would mean that you'd have to, like, tune it up and take it out a little bit here and there, run it every week for a few miles, something like that, keep it nice, and in, like, 40 or 50 years... Wouldn't it be like, I don't know, but you would, if you had a 1972 Chevy Chevelle in really great condition, exterior, interior, original engine, running well, well-maintained, I would imagine that's worth some pretty good money, isn't it? Well, I, listen. The classic, the classic car market is driven by um, nostalgia. It's driven by you know individuals, and we talk about this on the show all the time. You know, when you look back, you know the markets that are cooling off right now are the cars of the, the cars of the '30s and '40s. Um, you know, because the individuals that had the experiences in those cars um, and wanted to repurchase them to relive their youth or have a part of their youth back, unfortunately, you know that that the time to enjoy them is is passing a lot of those individuals. So therefore. 
you know, the, the 70s and 80s cars. I mean, the junk that was being produced in the 80s in, in this country is, is uh, it was just insane. And, and it was like no, no other time before. But those cars now are becoming extremely popular and, and, and worth a lot of money because the market is being driven by individuals with disposable income in their 50s and 60s that want to relive um, their youth. And, and that's what drives these markets. So, you know, cars are only worth what somebody's willing to pay for them. And like I said, 30s and 40s, the, the numbers, the cars, unless it's something really special, the, the values are dying off. And, and the 70s wow. and 80s, uh, the values are going through the roof. Wow. See, that, and that's us. That's 72 Chevelle yeah. or Dom Purdy's 1970. Because the two-door, I, I, I learned this through you. I didn't really care because it was our first car. We loved it. It had four doors. I loved that. But, of course, they say the two-door is more collectible than the four-door. And I don't know why, if it's sportsman value of that or whatever. Uh, but it's also, it's not just the car model. It's not necessarily just the year. Sometimes that's obviously a, a prevailing factor. But there is a difference, for example, if I had the 1974 door and right next to it is Purdy's 1972 door, his is more collectible than mine, correct? In in almost every situation. I mean, obviously, look, you, I don't know if you, there was just a recent story uh, within the last 12 months of uh, um, one of the original bullet cars, the chassis alone was found in a junkyard in Mexico. Just the chassis. No, if you can imagine, no, no, it had the cow panel, um, the uh, roof line, and the rear quarter panels, and nothing else on the car. And that chassis alone, just because of the VIN number, is worth somewhere in the million-dollar range. Wow. Um, and if you think about, you know, the temperature there, these things sit. There's no moisture, so they don't rot. I mean, they just sit out in the, in the open air. And, um, you know, but, you know, so each car is, you know, when, when you're collecting cars and you're looking at cars and you're and you're appraising cars, the first thing you're looking in, in, in the window uh, of the car and you're looking to see if it has an extra pedal and whether or not it has ice, uh, as we say in the, uh, in, in the business. You know, the fact that, you know, an older car with, with a, with a five-speed instead of an automatic and, and air conditioning is going to be worth exponentially more than uh, a base car that's automatic with no air. So, you know, each, each VIN number is, is specific. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you have the generic run-of-the-mill stuff, but in, in almost every situation, Mayor, a two-door is going to be worth more than a four-door. Yes, sir. Learn that from you. We'll be right back. He is Mayor Charles Kane. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township, and Kane's Custom Carts, our, month, our weekly visit on Monday mornings in the 9 o'clock hour with Mayor Charles Kane. When we come back, Mayor, I sent you a photograph. I don't think you've ever seen it before of my first car. I'm the photographer, which is kind of hilarious, and Don Hurley is uh, posing with the car. Uh, give us your thoughts on the Hurley Brothers' first car, 1972 Chevy Chevelle, we purchased it for $700 from, unfortunately, I say this because he died tragically, uh, Tim Yon, who was a classmate of ours. It was his father's. Then Tim got it and did amazing things with it. So incredible what he did with the car, with um, air shocks in the back, uh, Jensen coaxial speakers. We had a great sound system that we even made better when we put a... Um, uh, I forget what they were called, like an amplifier or something like that. No, they were called a power booster. And you just hit the button and lights went on. And, oh, my God, the sound was like Carnegie Hall. It was incredible. Uh, and we used it. 
it had a tape deck in there. I think initially an eight track tape deck. I'm almost positive. And then we, we graduated, I think, even in that car to cassette tapes. Uh, but oh, I wish I wish I could find this car if it's still if it's still out there somewhere. Uh, I did watch a show once where where children found for their father his first car, and he blubbered, cried like, "Oh my God, it was so amazing!" And they had it completely restored. Uh, great conversation, and much more as we continue with Mayor Charles Kane and yours truly. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. Uh, it is a great show, by the way, Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. We are visiting with Mayor Kane, Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and Kane's Custom Carts. And I- I'll tell you what, Mayor, I'm going to say it out loud. I'm ashamed of myself for not getting the correct answer when Don Purdy asked me who his boss was, his first boss was, uh, in the service department, uh, however many years ago, 1970s or whenever that was, ago. Uh, I can't believe it because I should have immediately defaulted to you because I know your background with Chevy and Volvo before you opened up the Auto Plaza. That was gettable. And I can't believe I didn't get it. I, I, I quit too early. I gave up. That's a lesson. Never give up, Mayor. Well, you know, Mayor, it was, it, I, I, I certainly understand that. It was simpler times. And, and I tell you, the story that Don told, uh, that is how I met him. I met him in, 19, it was 1989. And uh, we, as he said, it was a little Chevrolet Volvo dealership right on the corner where Dunkin' Donuts sits now. And, and we had done our best. We, it was a management team that had left another dealer. And uh, I was offered my first job in, in service management there. And uh, we had actually woke up at the sleeping Volvo uh, store and um, the footprint of the store was so tiny and the property was so tiny that my boss had uh, uh, challenged me with increasing service sales. And, um, and I, I turned around and, and I got the tax maps out for the local area there. And there were chicken coops in the alley um, down the street from the Volvo dealership. And I actually cold called uh, someone off the tax rolls, and I said, hey, uh, I don't know if you'd be interested in, in renting your building. They couldn't say fast, yes, fast enough. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they didn't expect the phone call. It was a chicken coop in an alley, and, uh, you know, by the time they didn't even care about the price, they were like, yes, I'll, yeah, yeah, we'll rent it. And um, we took that chicken coop, we put a couple windows in it, uh, we poured a concrete floor, and we installed some lifts and lights, and unbeknownst to the customers at the time, we were taking these brand-new Volvos as they came off the truck, and we were, uh, Don and his counterpart at the time were safety checking these things and putting them through their first services down the alley um, in a chicken coop. And, uh, but it worked out because uh, the store expanded, uh, or, or what they called our um, allotment went up, and that made it attractive, and it was purchased by another dealer locally, and, and the store became a very big store. But And, and by the way, in, in the name of progress, sir, sir, we'll say circa now, you know, even before now, uh, you can never do it again. As you said, it was simpler times. I'm going to say, and I think you're going to agree, better times. Today, you'd be hassled by co- code enforcement and building inspectors and all kinds of problems, and you wouldn't even be able to get it off the ground. Correct? 
to it. I mean, it literally took me, I, I think, from the time I made the call from the, the, the um, uh, tax rolls to the time that uh, we were in there, safety in cars was probably a two-week period. I mean, that's how quick everybody worked together to get it done. And funny story, though, you know, and I and I have obviously through uh, 25, 30 years of uh, this, uh, I have many of these stories. But you know, a lot of a lot of uh, relationships with customers in the beginning started out sometimes a little bit strained because uh, you know uh, you know the you're always emotional when something goes wrong with your car. Uh, and then those relationships became lifelong relationships for me. But I recall one time customers were very fanatic about the Volvo 240 when it came out. It was almost a cult car. I don't know if you remember the old ads, boxy but safe was their, was their ad. Um, and right around 89, 90, these cars started to go mainstream and, and they started to gain in popularity. And uh, we were selling them like crazy. And uh, they had these hubcaps that were complete wheel cap and the only thing it said across the middle of the hubcap was the word Volvo in like three inch block letters and I had a customer come in back then you had to get your car and then you had to bring it in between 900 and 1400 miles for a safety check so in other words you took your car you drove it for a few hundred miles you brought it back and then the mechanics went over it and actually retorqued bolts and stuff as per Volvo specifications well a customer brings their car in for that first service and I, uh, they, they do the service on it. They pull it back out, and the customer goes out to get his car, and he comes back into me, and he's absolutely livid, angry as possibly as you can possibly get. What did they do to my car? What did they do to my car? And I go outside with the customer, and he's explaining it to me, and, and I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm listening to what he's saying, and it's not registering with me because in common sense I'm going, you should realize what's going on here, but he didn't. And he's hollering at me that when he brought the car in, and when he bought the car off the showroom floor, all the Volvo emblems were facing in the same direction. They were all even, and the word read completely across, front wheel to back wheel, Volvo, Volvo. And now that we did the service, Volvo is in all different directions. So instead of arguing with the customer, I, I assessed the situation. I had the mechanic pull it back on the lift for him. We raised it two foot off the ground. I had him turn all the wheels so that Volvo read front to back, across, lower the car back down on the ground, went and got the customer, showed them the car. They were extremely happy with it. We allowed them to back the car out of the shop themselves because we knew once you turned the wheel, once you rotated the wheel, Volvo was not going to be cross-facing, horizontal facing the road anymore. <laughs> it was going to be in any direction, whichever the wheel was. And, you know, the funny thing is we've been friends for 25 years. We've never spoke of it since then. That is a funny because story. You know, it, it, I, I'm sure at some point, I can only imagine when it clicked on him that, okay, whenever I move this car, these things are going to change. And at some point, it must have clicked on him, but we never talked about it. And we remain friends to this day. Well, it's a, it's a great story. It's an honest, you know, uh, reality. And the thing about it is, if it's if anything you move is going to change the direction, it can't always be, if you're turning a wheel, it can't always be facing in the same direction that goes with it. I, I love that. I love the solution. I love the epilogue. I love the whole thing. Uh, now do this, Mayor. Purdy told us about his. You know about mine. I sent you a photo of it during one of the breaks. You knew of it before, and you've had that picture before today. The 72 Chevelle, uh, Purdy's 70 Chevelle. Tell us about your first car. 
Well, Mayor, I, I had a reputation when I was younger. I, um, I learned how um, I didn't have any formal schooling. I learned how to work on cars out of, out of necessity. Um, just the fact that I couldn't afford to pay somebody else to do it. Cars were of a simpler time. Um, you know, anybody with, you, you know, uh, a little bit of knowledge could go buy. Now, uh, this is going to set you back, could go buy a Chilton manual. At the local Napa store or the Western Auto, you could buy a Chilton manual and you could go home and you could work on your car yourself. I mean, it was a simple read um, and, you know, it broke down each component. Uh, I had a 72 Pontiac Ventura, which was the sister to the Nova, um, that my brother and I had worked on. It was his car originally, um, and we had worked on, and, and uh, you know, I was known for, um, I may have been known for, but, uh, there, if there was any illegal sports happening, drag racing in town, I, I, I may have known about it. And, um, you know, it was a very popular thing back when I was a kid. And, and you learned how to work on your car because you wanted to be top dog and you wanted to win the races. And, um, you know, that, that car, and again, when we talk about values of cars, um, if I could find that car, and I look for it, if I could find that car in, in the, the color that I had it in without much work, I would pay all the money for that car. Um, you know, a car that's probably worth in the in the twenty grand range. If I could find one in 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 the style that I want, um, in the way I had it, in the way I thought my car was when I was a kid, um, you know, that car would probably be a twenty five thirty thousand dollar car. So that's what drives the market. What do you think happened that you used, like I told you? And I'm not very handy. My father was incredibly handy. He could build anything, fix anything, build a house, did all the trades, could do anything with a car could do anything, plumber, master plumber, uh, finished carpenter. I mean, he could do it all. I could do none of it. But I was able to do my own headlights. I did it with the garage. I did it with the little grid that came with it where I could put that up on the garage. And then if you had the – with the, just did it with um, set screws. So I needed either a flathead or a Phillips head screwdriver. I can't remember which on the 72 Chevelle. And it was so easy to click out one headlight – and put in the next. You could easily take off the grill and put the headlight in. Now, I, I need Charlie Kane because you got to take the damn fender off the car to, to change a, uh, a, a headlight. And that's just a headlight. And then, of course, if you touch the thing, then it's going to explode when you try to turn it on. So you got to handle it with gloves. And I mean, everything was simpler and easier and lasted longer. I, I think we are in a plan obsolescence where stuff is made to break. Uh, but why did it all have to, I know there's computers now and all of that, but why did it have to get so complicated? What was so easy? Oh, that, you know, that's a great, great question. And we could spend several shows on that. Um, you know, I remember the days when it was, and again, back in those days when, you know, if you had a power window uh, and the power window was an operative, uh, you know, it, it could only be a couple things. Either you didn't have a power source you didn't have a good ground, or your switch or your motor was bad. That's that was it. I mean, it was that simple. So you you couldn't, you know, you, you check the power, you check the ground. If that didn't work, you either replace the motor or the switch, and and you, you're repaired. Now, you know, you you to start with it, you have to download everything to the computer, and then that'll tell you which modules plural it goes through uh and which one tells the relay to do what and you know you you it's it's not like it was back by, then. by the way mayor i'm open to this answer because sometimes you just like something better because it's what you grew up with is it better now or was it better then oh hands down it was it was better then i mean uh with all due respect i mean it's 
again, it's the over overcomplication for no reason. Um, you know, it's just it's engineers that don't have to work on products. And, do you, and do, but do you think they actually made it so that people can't work on cars anymore, and you have to then get them serviced? Do you think that's part of it? You know, I don't think I, I listen, do I think that that's built in the cars sure I mean the manufacturers want you to bring it back to the dealer I mean uh, but you know at the at the end of the day I think it's more out of uh, you know just the, the these engineers that that figured out ways to streamline cars and you know they're trying to meet federal safety standards they're trying to meet federal emission standards they're trying to meet you know and and in doing so they lost sight of the fact that someone has to repair the car after the fact you know you imagine and you said it and you said it a little bit in jest but it's the truth you know, you imagine a customer coming in for uh, something as simple as a headlight bulb, and they remember just like you do as a yep. kid, and they say, you know, hey, I, I went to Napa, and I did it myself. And I I, did Mayor, it. I did it when I was 17. The little, you know what I'm talking about, that little grid thing came in the box of the headlight, and you could tape it onto your garage door, and you exactly knew, and, and I went right to inspection thereafter, and it, they used to check that in those days, that your headlights worked, and they were actually pointing like they should and not not um you know imbalanced or anything like that i want to share something with you mayor because you never know what you're going to run into andy and brigantine wrote that he was in maryland three weeks ago at a car auction and he saw the exact pontiac ventura that you just spoke Mm. of now he said it had seen better days but it was all there quote end quote how about that yeah, see, I, I mean, and that is the only car that I mean. Right now, I, you know, I, I've done, I've been there, done that. That's the only car that I continually look for, um, you know. And when I find the right one, um, it'll it'll come home. So, uh, but that, again, that's what drives the market. I remember the memories I have, and I can remember almost every race I had in that car. I can remember, you know, taking my my now wife on dates in that car, and 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 again, that's the nostalgia. And uh, that that drives the market. And um, when you lose that nostalgia, the cars inherently, unless they are a special VIN number, like I said, there's always going to be value in cars that have that special VIN, um, no matter what they are, no matter what year. Uh, But, you know, the the majority of cars, the market is driven by, um, you know, the enthusiasm and the memories. What makes the one special? Is it that they maybe only made a certain number of them or that in supply and demand, there's only a certain few left? that are known of what what makes them special exactly i mean uh what what does make them just because it all it, just because it's old and this is goes with pretty much everything just because it's old doesn't mean it's worth money um you know what what means it's worth money obviously is the uh, condition of it and you know with a vin number it could be you know they they did a lot of experimenting back then you know you could you could end up with the same exact looking car but different configurations just like i said you know an extra pedal um always made a difference in especially a sedan um uh you know coupe uh a sedan if you had an extra pedal uh meaning you know it was a, f- a three speed at the time um and air conditioning power steering huge in 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 cars in in the uh, 70s and 80s you get one with or without power steering um and you know those types of things those outfits the way they the manufacturer only did a couple in this version is what really drives the price up um, for specific vehicles with specific VIN numbers mayor kane is going to do one more segment and then he has to go a little bit early but we'll take the last break late so he will miss very little on-air broadcast time when we come back i'm going to ask mayor kane the car that you have today, if you take it to the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and you have your car properly serviced like you should, oil changes like you should, 
than any of these other things that you're supposed to do at 20, 40, 60, 80, 1,000 miles, whatever they are. They're all like in your you know manual, what you should do. This should get done at this stage. If you do everything correctly, how long should you be able to keep a car of today? Said one of Charlie's customers that is driving a 2012 Mercedes E3, uh, E350 4Matic that I really thought that I would have, if it wasn't for the pandemic, this would have been traded in quite a while ago, maybe even before the pandemic. Charlie knows my my typical um, pace, usually once every four years. Uh, this is the longest I've ever had a car, but I see no reason to 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 do away with it. I bought the um, extended warranty that Mayor Kane suggested. Uh, that's another thing that I'm a big fan of. I, thank goodness. I haven't needed it. I did have two major things happen, but they were fair. In fairness, they were not mechanical moving parts. One was a windshield, and you know that's not that's not covered, and you know that's the way it is. And I know that, but I'm a big fan of it anyhow. But how long should you be able to keep a car of today? When we come back with Mayor Charles Kane, it's the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and Kane's Custom Carts. Hi everyone, I'm Brian Kilmeade. Cannot wait for the Monday edition of the Big President's Day Show. We'll talk about the president going to Kiev. We'll talk about what we need to win that war in Ukraine because Russia can't. China looking for a fight. They are doing that. We try to talk to them. They try to push us off. When are we going to realize they are our enemy? We'll have it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's early in the morning. Anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With Mayor Charles Kane, it is the Hurley in the Morning program, and it is the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and Kane's Custom Cart weekly program here. During the 9 o'clock hour, Mayor Kane has eight minutes before an appointment, so we're going to make a count. Then what we'll do, we'll get a, get our last break in. Then we'll have about 10 minutes. If you want to jump in, we can take some more calls. Or if you want me to run us through the finish line, I will take care of it with items that we didn't get a chance to share with you uh, during today's program. And a reminder, we'll be back from 3 to 6 p.m. today, filling in for Fox News Radio on their nationally syndicated program, The Guy Benson Show, 3 to 6 p.m. today. Looking forward to that. Great guests are already lined up. Great national guests and very important topics that we're going to be sharing. Mayor Kane, and then I have um, a follow-up from uh, another mayor and for, and our current chairman, Don Purdy, that, that's going to be a value-added comment. The question on the floor right before the break, Mayor, was cars of today, and I'm even going back a decade because I'm driving one that's going on 11 years old. Uh, how long should we be able to keep them and run them and, and they be safe and all these, you know, important things that uh, we care about. Well, I mean, look, Mayor, every every car has its own um, faults. Every car has its own uh, pluses and minuses. And, you know, with proper maintenance, a car that's properly driven, um, taken care of, you know, you to get. 250,000 miles out of a car today, um, you know, it, it's it's the same as getting 100,000 miles out of a car that we remember, you know, uh, 30 years ago. So, I mean, uh, and, you know, if you look 
And especially now, what you don't realize is uh, with the with the pandemic waning, uh, you know, the average mileage per year, I believe, is, is has eclipsed for the first time fourteen thousand miles per year. And you know, that's kind of a double edged sword because you know, say, well, people are driving more, but in most cases, a lot of people went down to one car, so that one car is getting miled up more than what it normally would be. Great point. Um, so now, Maggie, you're talking about that amount of mileage on one engine and just maybe you need a new timing belt at some point or a new water pump and some things that will go fuel pump maybe and other things but you're talking about one engine keeping it for more than a quarter of a million miles correct the 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 majority of the engines designed today and in the last 10 12 years um the the combustion part of the engine meaning the pistons the ca- uh, the crankshaft the block itself you know, with proper maintenance, keeping the oil clean, you know, there's no reason why you can't get 250,000 miles out of that. Now, you know, that's one of the things that anybody in this business that especially that, that um, you know, services cars of, uh, you know, with any age or mileage to them, you know, the, the, the biggest job you have is, con- you know, communicating with your consumer, con- communicating with your customer that, you know, just because I replaced a $900 alternator doesn't mean um, you know, that the starter that's the same age under it isn't going to go bad in two weeks. You know what I mean? You, you know, just because you, you did that one repair, you didn't fix the whole motor. Uh, and that's the biggest thing, you know, uh, unfortunately, that, that service providers deal with is that communication level. You know, people, because once you open that hood and you do something, you know, and you give them that bill, the, the, you know, the, oh, well, they fixed everything. And, and that's just not the case. But, you know, a, a, a block with pistons and, and crankshaft in and, and this day and age and it should last easily 250,000 miles with um, proper maintenance. I love this. Margie just sent me an auction. It's a 1972 Chevrolet Chevelle Malibu, $24,900. Not terrible. Has 93,551 eight-cylinder. This one happens to be black. She also sent me one in gold. It says car is located in Prineville, Oregon, and yes, it is still available. 1972 Chevy Chevelle is a beautiful 20-footer, a muscle car you can drive to Walmart, turn all the same heads and not worry. I love it. It's just, you know, every car has a story, doesn't it, Mayor? And, and you know, that market, Mayor, I, I, I strongly, strongly suggest to anyone that's looking to fulfill that fantasy that they had or, or you know, uh, bring back that nostalgia, work with a professional because, I mean, again, you can look, you can look at, at the same exact car. In your eyes, it can look like, you know, they're, they're the same exact car. You see one for 20, you see one for 50. It could be something as simple as the VIN number. Well, guess what, Mayor? Now, this is also Miles, uh, like Kreskin here on the, on the hotline, Kane, uh, the 72 Chevelle that I said at 24,900 with 93,551. Here's another one. It's a two door 72 Chevelle, 49.9. But Mayor, it only has 13,532 original miles. Wow. Well, let's remember, let's remember now, and again, this is buyer beware, um, you know, let's remember that in that style car, first of all, I had a five-digit odometer, which meant, you know, it only showed 99, miles on it. That's true. Um, and they were... an individual such as myself with limited mechanical knowledge could have put any mileage you want on that car 
within about a 15 minute time span. So then then uh, it could be three hundred and thirteen thousand five thirty two. I'll go on to the next one. Seventy two Chevelle. This one is gold. Forty seven thousand five hundred miles. So it says forty nine thousand. And here's a third or a fourth at thirty nine nine. So we, we see the seemingly similar same car, if you will, go for twenty five all the way to fifty thousand. Just like you said, you know, thirty nine nine is a. Um, it's it's funny when you look at a lot of classic car dealers online. They must have figured out that the they feel that the average person in there, you know, the average fifty five year old can can afford to to replace their nostalgia for thirty nine nine. It's amazing how many antique car dealers out there put everything up for thirty nine nine. You know, uh, as Margie pointed out, you probably can find a decent Chevelle uh, because look, with all due respect, the original mileage again, unless you're talking about a pedigree car doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter because the car has already been gone over. The car has been, been redone in order for you to be able to drive it as a classic car. So, you know, the mileage is, is pretty much a, a non-factor on the car. Here's another one. It's in my least favorite color, blue, but I have to admit it's shiny and beautiful and it looks awesome. All the chrome is just completely just looks brand new and everything about it looks fantastic. Uh, $54,500. And then finally, there's another one in red with a big fat black stripe down the center of the hood at uh, a two-door, again, at 44993 I'll tell you what, this just happens to be 72s. I, I could be mistaken, but I think 72 was considered a very good year for the Chevy Chevelle. 70 as well. Oh, well, every, everybody remembers Chevelle, 72 Chevelle, big block SS. Yep iconic car, uh, you know, uh, dominated a lot of the drag race scenes, uh, you know, in, in that era. And then, of course, you know, in, in my era, you know, when, uh, you know, everybody was racing the 60s and 70s cars in, in, in uh, you know, the, the mid to late 80s. I mean, so, um, you know, they were the cars that, that we grew up around because that's what, you know, people were, were modifying at that time. So, um, but great cars. But again, if you're going to enter into that, into that market, I, I strongly suggest um, that you enlist the help of, of, of a professional. I mean, there's many, many out there. I do it uh, on, on a basis for, for people a lot of times. You know, uh, good friends, uh, you know, I have a good friend that, uh, you know, just bought a, 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 a mid, mid-60s mid Mustang. Um, I couldn't be with them for, for the particular car they bought, but the first thing I told them is, you know, it doesn't matter how shiny the paint is. Paint's easy. Don will tell you. You can lay color down on a car. You can lay color down on a turd and a little pretty. Uh, but um, at at the end of the day, you know, when you're looking at a Mustang, the first thing you're going to do, and you should have gloves on when you do this, it doesn't matter what the paint looks like. You've got to get down on your knees, and you've got to grab that frame rail that's right underneath the driver's or the passenger door, and you've got to feel that frame rail. And if that frame rail isn't smooth, that car will probably be on its way to breaking in half because they all rusted right there, and the cars had a tendency literally to, to break into two pieces at that location so mayor there's so much you can't see so i know you would hesitate drawing an opinion but from the photo that i just sent to you and i know you have to go any second so i don't want to hold you and i've got to get this break in so we've got to go in the next minute or so and you got to go anyhow uh check out the pontiac ventura andy felt this was so rare the sighting of this that he took a picture of it i just sent it to you tell your listeners what you think of this car just by initial eyeball. Uh, that's a, now that's a four door that looks like it's a 73 because the grill, maybe not 72 
four-door, see, I mean, now look, and again, I'm looking at that car. Um, I can see it's at auction, and just the way the light's shining off of it, I mean, it looks like it's a real car. Um, but it's hard to tell because with these things, again, you got to get up close to them because paint can make anything look shiny. Yeah. And, um, you know, you find me that same car, Mayer, in a two-door and I can get that in the same blue, um, you know, it's it's probably worth double what that car sold for because the, the memories I have would, would drive me to pay for it. Mayor, this was a privilege, and so many people are texting me that are enjoying your show today. I know you've got to go. Oh, I said I would say what Mayor Purdy wrote, and it was really beautiful, and it, it's in keeping with the kind of good man that you are, Mayor. Uh, Mayor Purdy wrote about not only was he with you, as one of your employees, but that Holly worked for you there back in 1989 as well. And he told me she was a service writer under Charlie in 89. He's always kept her employed. That's a loyal guy. You've always been loyal to your team, but that's a nice comment from uh, Chairman Purdy too. Uh, that, that that was, and I appreciate that. And, you know, we're still friends to, to, to this day, and we were actually on the phone last night together. I mean, yeah, we, we we had a great run together, and who knows what the future holds, so. Exactly, Mayor. I know you got to go. Talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day, Mayor. And remember, Mayor, it's always a great day to buy a car. At Have a the, great day. You too, sir. At the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township. We'll be right back. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Cordell & Cordell is a firm that practices family law exclusively. We focus on only one area of the law to maximize our strength and effectiveness as advocates for clients that have everything on the line, their homes, savings, and most importantly, their children. We're the partner our clients count on. Online at CordellCordell.com. Offices in Philadelphia, Radnor, and Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Michelle Ferrari, licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, beat the largest timeshare company in federal court and has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-838-1441. That's 800-838-1441. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The perfect amount of time to close out what has been such a fun President's Day program. Reminder, we'll be coming back. 3 to 6 p.m., not going to be a whole lot of fun during those hours because we just have one blockbuster serious guest after another. But I I love these opportunities. Look, we talked about all the important issues also today on the program, but then we we feathered into, um, you know, people's first cars and just a lot of fun. The, The dialogue with Chairman Don Purdy, which was terrific. And I didn't get a chance to pose Andy's question to Charlie relative to CVT, which is continuously variable transmission. But I am versed on this, and I do know why they do it. Uh, A lot of people don't like this, uh, but the reason they do it is because it increases the fuel efficiency, and that's more uh, than you would get with a standard automatic transmission. 
and it's just this continuously variable transmission uh, technology that it is automatic transmission, but it shifts through the gears uh, in, in a way that a human being couldn't. And it contrasts with the other um, different types. You've got all these different things. Like my car has the formatic. The formatic is an all-wheel drive car, and the car makes decisions about whether you're using front-wheel drive or you're using all four wheels, and it even makes adjustments between the the four wheels uh, in motion. It's it's a, it's amazing uh, the the ride that you get because of it. So Andy was very value added in all of this. So I asked if he would take my call, and he did. Uh, I imagine this is a conversation that uh, you enjoy immensely because you love cars. Well, well, Harry, you know, I I talk a lot about politics and cultural issues with you now, uh, but that's part of my adult life. But from the time I came out of of the womb, my two passions were food and cars. And there was a time... And my brother, the same. And there's something that we, we bond and we share. Uh, there was a time growing up, I could sit on the sidewalk and watch every car that drove by as a seven or eight-year-old, and I could rattle off the year, make, and model of that car. Wow. Because they, they changed from year to year back then. Uh, when you got into the mid-'80s, body style for you know a number of years, and and trucks, they would carry the same body style even more years. So it was very hard to differentiate at that point. But you know, until you got into the mid '80s, I mean, every year there was there was a difference in the car, and you could tell. So it, it's always been a passion of mine. By the way, you ever notice if you get lucky? For example, I feel like I got very lucky. I have the 2012 Mercedes E350 with the Rolls Royce grill. I didn't get lucky. I I wanted that. I ordered that. I wanted the old-fashioned Mercedes-Benz logo that um, sits up, the iconic one that people unfortunately love to rip off your car, Uh, rather than the medallion that's, you know, affixed to the hood flat. I like the one that sits up. They're not doing that anymore, I understand. But this particular body style was so current at the time that they did it that it still doesn't look like old-fashioned or whatever you want to call it, even a decade or 11 years later. What I'm saying is, Andy, and you can speak to this, I know, because of your car knowledge, which is infinitely more than mine. Uh, I, I, I don't have much at all, but I have a little. Um, but I know what I like. That type of thing where you get a car on a particular year just by chance, because you don't know. You might hear they're changing the body style in the next year. But that body style can look very current for many years thereafter, depending on how many changes they make to it. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I just ha- I just sold my Cadillac Escalade over the weekend. Uh, it was a 2007. And that exact body style uh, was carried through from, I believe, six or seven all the way through 13. There you, you go. You cannot tell the difference. Yeah. Even the interiors are the same. So, yeah, your your car does not look dated because, you know, there's a, there's a certain look that a Mercedes-Benz always has, and they didn't really change 
you know, drastically. You know, they're, they, you know, they smoothed out the lines. They made them more aerodynamic and stuff like that. The thing with the stand-up hood ornament that used to be common on cars, um, if you remember, then uh, years later they had a thing where it was spring-loaded. It would bend back. You could bend it, you know, move it around. Mine, mine does. Safety. Yes, but eventually they got rid of the, the hood ornaments altogether because probably there was a, a number of accidents where, you know, uh, collisions where someone ended up getting, you know, impaled by one of those things and dying. So they decided to do away with it, you know, and that, that's why you don't you don't see them on cars anymore. But those I mean, if you go back to the 1930s, 40s, 50s, my God, the hood ornaments were were just amazing. And as you know, some of them unscrewed and you would put the, uh, the, the or tilted down and you would put the gas fill into it. Yes, yes. Now, I, you know, just to, uh, there's something, uh, maybe Mayor Kane is still listening and he might be able to speak to this. Do you know, I still, I memorized the serial number of my first car. It's in my head. It'll never leave me. And I always thought, gee, one day, if I could find that car, if it's still alive somewhere, uh, if someone still has it, uh, there, there's nothing I wouldn't spend to buy that car back. Well, let me tell you, I do know the answer to that. It's not, perf- it's not perfect, but you can search cars by the VIN number. They, you could do a search. You can do a search for that, Andy. If it's out there, you might be able to find it. Just, just go on, uh, go on Google. Or, uh, I'll, I'll. I know he went into a meeting. That's why he had to leave us. I will text him, and then I will get back to you later today with um, how to do the search. He might even ask you if you want to have him help. Uh, but if it's as easy as looking up on a certain, you know, uh, site that's available, uh, I'll, I'll get you that information as soon as I can. That that would be awesome. I yeah. would love that. Uh, if if you have time, Harry, um, we have know, thirty seconds. It's yours. Yeah, you know these cars today. Remember, when you're doing eighty miles an hour now, you're running at fifteen, sixteen hundred RPMs. Years ago, you were running at four thousand RPMs. Every time that engine rotates, it's wearing out. So, it, theoretically, if you could get two hundred thousand miles out of a car from the eighties. And you could get 400,000 miles out of a car that's made today. Well, I will tell you, the, the Mercedes E350, uh, my year, it is saying anywhere between like 400,000 and 700,000 miles. I couldn't believe it. Especially the way you take care of it. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got, yeah, so so it's not unheard of. You see it all the time. I see cars at the auction every week. The Toyota Camrys, Corollas, you cannot kill Toyotas. Or, 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 or Lexus, they're all made by Toyota. I mean, very common. To-